0: Whoa! I don't think I even want to hear your story.
1: All of you must hear the Scarlet Spider story. My name is Ben Riley. I'm related to this reality's Peter Parker. How? I'm his clone. Or maybe he's my clone. We're not sure. I'm the real Spider-Man.
0: I don't know what kind of mind game this is, but I'm the real Spider-Man. The real Peter Parker. See, i really, clones.
1: I thought I was that clone. I tried to stay out of Peter's life by taking on a new identity, I dyed my hair, changed my name to Ben Riley. When I became a costume hero of the Scarlet Spider, it really made him
0: angry. The next big blow came from Dr. Kurt Connors. He discovered that according to
2: our genetic structures, it might be Peter who was the clone, not me. That news pushed
1: Peter Parker over the edge. Now he hated me with a passion. This is starting to sound like a bad comic book plot. It gets worse.
3: Why Did you just tell me I was a
0: clone?
1: The cloning process has proven unstable. You're coming of
0: Welcome back. To Clone Saga Chronicles, the podcast all about the Clone Saga and its characters. I'm Zag Joiner, webmaster of spidey dudecom and I'm joined by the entire panel for this episode, as we are as we titled it, "Swarmed by Betty." Get it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh. I like it. Uh, first up is our resident historian of the show, the co-founder of Clone Saga Chronicles, the host of various shows such as Gotham Chronicle. I wonder where that name came from. <clears throat> To talk about
4: actually, it came from Dustin. <laughs> he ordered us to use that name, but, but I, I, I'm sure that you had something to do with it.
0: Okay, and the man who lives to talk of Betty Brand, of course, is Mr. Joshua Labbratoni.
4: When you call me Joshua Labbratoni, I feel. Wait a minute. Never mind.
0: Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's bringing it back. <laughs> So uh, next is our resident Spider Girl and MC2 expert, the host of Mayday Mondays on the Spidey Dude Radio Network of podcasts, Mister Gerard
3: Delattre the Second. Bees, my God! He <laughs> already stole one of my jokes.
0: <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> also gracing us with our presence, with his presence, is our resident King of Hell, our insider when it comes to animation, our host of spectacular radio on the Spidey Dude Radio Network, Greg Bashansky. I'm actually
3: sitting on a throne-like chair right now. Actually, it's a Lazy Boy recliner.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> I would not be surprised if you actually had a throne. Not uh, yet. Finally- I'm
3: working on that. I'm working on that. Oh,
0: God. Oh, anyway, uh, and finally, our last man standing. He plays a great game. He hosts comic Book Film Review, and he does stuff for BatmanUniverse.net. He is not an important be on the lookout for my next
5: podcast, the Avatar Press Podcast. No, I'm just kidding.
0: <laughs> uh, you do next. You brought back next Dimension, didn't you?
5: Yes, and we've been late two months in a row. <laughs> 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 so don't worry about that one. Um, oh, but, uh, and I want to pip uh, questions. We don't have answers. That's a lot more. Oh, yeah. uh, that's a lot more um, on time.
0: Okay. Yeah. Questions. We don't have answers. Uh, where can you find that? At, uh, Q, thank you for asking. Qnoanswers.com simple qnoanswers.com all right this episode we're going to be covering three books sensational spider-man number nine and ten and unlimited number 14 with this episode we will complete ben riley epic book five with the first two issues we're covering tonight and open up ben riley epic book six now if you've been following along the trades we've skipped around a little bit uh as in epic book number six the unlimited issue actually is placed after the issues that we're going to be recording the next time we do our 90s clone saga stuff which will be uh spider-man 73 and 74 and asm 417 we'll also be doing three daredevil 350 so but we'll be completing bin rally at the book number five that's where we're going to start um so yes i screwed up and i'm sorry but it's my show and i do what i want so anyway this time we have no emails um but we do have a voicemail and this voicemail comes from well he didn't give his name you guys notice that? I noticed that.
3: Let's just call him Lonegan.
0: What? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Right over my head. All right, so this... Again, this this gentleman left us this voicemail. Uh, It's a response to our clone conspiracy
1: episode. Hey, guys. I'm calling in for Clone Saga Chronicles. I just... um, I wanted to respond to a couple different things, but I, I... I just wanted to say thank you as well, because you guys have been doing Clone cool Star Chronicles for years now, and I've been following the show basically since its inception. I think I jumped in around episode 7 or 8.
0: Well, wow. I mean, that's awesome. Um, I like to interrupt the voicemails, because I can, and it's I'm doing this post-edits, obviously. Everybody listen to the voicemail beforehand, because we still haven't quite figured out in 2017 how to get the uh, audio to play over the speakers, naturally. We'll probably figure it out in our
1: last episode. Carrying on! And binge them all in one day and I've been following ever since. If you release really scared of always been inspired. that's totally fine because every time I see new episode of Clone Side Chronicles it's always it's always a nice treat. And and the rest of the shows on the uh, Spidey Dude radio network as well. So just wanted to say thank you to that. And I just got to listening to your uh, Clone Conspiracy episode. Um, I was running a few errands I threw it on was listening to it so I went and, uh, so, I think I'm pretty much in sync with you guys on Spider-Man. Great episode, by the way, sorry. But I think I'm pretty much in sync with you guys on, on Spider-Man, where, you know, very much in sync, where I'm a pro-marriage guy, I'm with you, Gerard, as a huge Spider-Girl fan. And I actually, I work, I work at a comic book store now for some time, and I saw a clone conspiracy coming out. And here's the one thing I want to say about it, because you guys are asking for positive reviews. I haven't been reading Spider-Man since I want to say the third part of Shed. I just like get f- them done. Haven't looked, haven't skimmed, nothing. Not I, the only the closest thing I've come. And the, this new Scarlet Spider book might get me to doing the same thing. I read the last volume of Scarlet Spider with Kane, and I enjoyed that book a lot actually. But uh, I, I've been done since the third part of Shed. So I, I but I, I get curious and I observe. I talk to people who who are still reading. and try trying to get their gist, and most of the people who are reading and still are just exactly the type of people you expect to be Dan slash fans. Let's just leave it at that. But uh, clone Conspiracy, I was curious about just because, you know what? Uh, let me say this. With the black pit that Spider-Man has been for the past few years, getting gorgeous, gorgeous Jimmy Chung art in, that that was an improvement, and I skimmed every issue of Clone Conspiracy just just for that that uh, Jimmy Chung art. But I wanted to respond really to one thing that Gerard said at the end of that episode. You specifically, uh, Gerard, you're um, talking about. Is this the point too far? Can Spider-Man be saved at this point? And I'm going to say no. I'm, I'm really going to honestly go with no. The character is irrevocably damaged, and for Gerard in particular and anybody else who's listening, I'd like to share a theory with you guys that I have, not a theory, a timeline that I've created with myself to to put myself at peace with the fact that Spider-Man is dead. And if you read, if you pick up Amazing Fantasy 15, right, and you read through Spider-Man in chronological order from, um, you know, up to – just keep reading it up through the clone saga, up through everything – and stop in August 1998. Just stop reading it right there. All
0: right. Well, the good news is, is it was a voicemail. Yay! Bad news, there was a time limit on the voicemail. It was three minutes. Yeah, yeah you should probably mention it. it
6: was a three-minute time limit, folks. You got to get to your point quick.
0: <laughs> so next time, leave it under three minutes, or if, you, if you're, you've got a greater point you wanted to leave, you can always leave us a second voicemail. We'll just... Splice them together. That's fine. We have the we have the beauty of editing. We're not doing it live. We'll do it live. Yes, I'm bringing that Bill O'Reilly clip in. <laughs> well, he's not, he's more relevant than ever right now. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. <laughs> it. Do it live. I can. I'll write it, and we'll do it live. Fucking uh, <laughs> thing sucks. <laughs> uh, all right. But uh, if you want to leave us a voicemail, of course. Devin will vo-
4: listen to him just like he listened to Howard Stern. You know, <laughs> with, like when they do the updated version <laughs> of this book. Like, oh man, mom's gone. Time to put on Sean Hannan, I mean, uh, uh, Bill O'Reilly. I mean, um, I don't know. Whoever will be relevant like two years from now or something. John Imus. <laughs> I
6: mean,
5: um, oops. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, it's
6: 9, 9 58 p.m. here on uh, New York City. Whack, <laughs> whack. <laughs>
5: Dude, that was actually I not
6: that. This impression.
4: episode of Don miss hes going to talk about the WNBA. It'll be his greatest oh, episode no. ever. <coughs> oh, no. first of
6: all, first of all, I was talking about the uh, Rutgers uh, women's basketball team. That's the that's the NCAA, not the and uh, a WNBA. They're college players, not professional. Uh, it's now nine fifty nine p.m.
2: Uh, here on the Colts Eye Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, actually Don not I miss a bad was, like, was
4: a real get for us. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
4: I didn't even know that he was a fan of 1990s Spider-Man comics, but like, you know. <laughs> and I don't know why he needs to like give out the timestamp when we're clearly not a live show.
6: Well, uh, everything I do is uh, trapped in the in the 90s, I like my uh, ridiculous-looking cowboy hat that I wear indoors for apparently no reason.
0: Hey, hey, do not make fun. Do not make fun of those that wear cowboy hats indoors. You're talking to a <laughs> You're work, son. I live in New York, but work. I can't
6: stop talking. I live in New York, but I can't stop talking about my stupid ranch. It's now 10 p.m. here on the uh, Clone Talk Chronicle.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
4: the voicemail <laughs> <whole> re- line. <laughs> just do like a whole recap like that, like you know. It's now page four in Sensational Spider-Man. You know, issue 10, and uh. Peter is um, still late for his date with Desiree. I mean, Ben. (laughs) Peter, how could you date Desiree? You're a married man.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Not anymore! (laughs) All right. Anyway, the voicemail line is 818-925-6631. That's 818-925-6631. That's 818-9, the word clone, 1. Email address, of course, is clonesidechronicles at gmail.com. And yes, I'm well aware as of when this is going to be released in June. Surprise, it's not June. It's July, you idiot. That there have been three issues of Ben Riley that have been released. But no, <laughs> we're not covering them tonight. Yep, actually, no, there's been four that's, since this is being released. Four issues of Ben Riley. Four! Ah, uh, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Oh, and by the way, thank you, double shipping. In the news, briefly, uh, I, I did want to mention this, guys. We were mentioning on Bleeding Cool. How cool was this? Um. Uh, thanks to Josh for arranging that last minute interview which was our last episode that was released Uh, but Peter David dropped a bombshell (laughs) sorry I can't help but laugh that the hoodies return was not actually the plan no it was not the plan and I can confirm from reading those three issues that the bad costume only appeared in two of them so
4: and and, and only very briefly like I think he
0: wore it for like two scenes (laughs) yeah pretty much Uh, guys thoughts on the bleeding cool thing we'll start with Gerard
6: Anybody who has a functional brain could tell that it wasn't planned that way. Come on, this isn't news. No offense to your scoop or anything like that, but come on. Well, it's, well, it's, it's, it's
4: news because Marvel tried to like claim, like, ah, oh, this is you know a story-driven decision that is not in any way having to do with the immense amount of messages that we've been getting to please change the costume. <laughs> no attention to the man behind the curtain.
3: Exactly. But, hey, guess it's more listeners. I hope. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, if, yeah,
4: if you're listening because of the Bleeding Cool article, hi, hi, new fans. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for listening and thanks for checking us out, man. We uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, Don, your thoughts? Oh, um, nah, it was it was cool. It was cool seeing
5: uh, a. I shouldn't say this, um, but I'll say it anyway. It's cool seeing a Spider Man pod, uh, a Spider Man podcast and website that we're affiliate with get a positive, uh, you know, press.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. With that.
5: <laughs>
6: that was that was that was not a swipe at anyone in particular.
0: No, it was just, Please, just, just put, positive. do call your lawyers. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, they have referenced they have referenced that site a couple of times in, in a non negative manner. But yes, uh, we're talking
4: about Amazing Spider Man classics, right?
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> anyway. <laughs>
4: As Peter David was saying this, I actually had, like, a separate chat window open with Zach, and I, like, texted him, like, dude, <laughs> he's just, like, because whenever something like this happens, like, you you don't call too much attention to it because you don't want them to realize that, like, they told you something that they weren't supposed to tell because then they'll, like, walk it back. So you just let them keep on talking. So I, like, I like text Zach in, like, the other window, like, dude, <laughs> did you hear what he just said? Like, the same thing happened, uh, like, eight or nine years ago. We were interviewing... um. I think it was Adam Beachin, and, like, he accidentally revealed who, like, the new Batgirl was going to be back when, like, it was a mystery and it was supposed to be Stephanie Brown. And I re- he, like, said it, like, so casually, and, like, I, like, texted, like, Dustin in the other window, like, ah, got him. And Dan Slott, right, of Venom?
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, Dan Slott. Well,
4: well, 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 Dan Slott, I actually I actually did, like, I had no one that in a chat window with me. Him, I actually, like, asked to clarify, and he, like, changed the subject so fast. <laughs> that like he broke his neck quicker than Gwen Stacy from the Whiplash. <laughs> oh
0: wow! <laughs> nice, well done. Yeah. So yeah, no, that, I thought that was really cool. I thought it was fun to, to see us up on the uh, on, on Bleeding Cool, very very obviously popular website. Um. So yeah. Well, and and, th- and thanks Peter David for you know I I doubt
4: that he listens to the show, but if he does, you know, thanks Peter David for you know coming on and talking to us. That was you know a fun conversation.
0: Yeah, it really was.
6: Yeah, Zach, and uh, thanks for inviting me to participate. Oh, wait a minute. No!
3: Yeah, he didn't invite me either. How many guests do I bring you? uh, (laughs) (laughs) He invited me, but
5: I was too good for him and said no. In in, in fairness, I think
4: I was driving the wheel on that one, and it was, like, going so fast, I just, like, grabbed Zach and said, get on the motorcycle fast, we're doing this tomorrow.
6: Why are you actually explaining this as if I'm being serious?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, man. (laughs) Hi,
4: I'm Josh. Have we met... (laughs)
0: <laughs> and, and in the actual real world, <coughs> they have. Anyway, so uh, let's get on with our reviews now that we've covered the news. Yeah, yet. I think I've met everyone on this show. You have. Yep. Yeah. You're the only one. Um. Yeah, i i met the only one. Yeah. I've met half the uh, the rest of the panel. I've had. I met Don and yeah. Josh. <laughs>
3: yeah. You haven't met the New
0: been trying.
4: Brandon, I'm coming for you. <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh yeah. Good good luck with that. He, he's hanging around the city half the time when I can't even get that. B- to meet me for lunch. It's like I have the plague or something. I
4: think I know where he was getting at before it got cut off. and I And I gotta say, the insinuation that, like, the timeline cuts off and Peter becomes the Peter from the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon is really insulting, and I don't know why he would imply that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, like... Uh, said he shares our point of view on many things judging by that theory i don't think that's the case so i don't know what i don't know what's with this guy but you know um try again sir leave another voicemail with a theory that actually you know makes sense and uh (laughs) maybe we'll take you seriously
0: so let's insult the guy on air Uh, he'll be like i've listened to i've listened to this show since the beginning and i'm never listening again nobody asked him to do that (laughs)
6: <laughs> all right, but 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 seriously, seriously though, <laughs> I actually wrote down a couple of things that he said so I could respond to them. So here we go. Um, he's first of all, he said he stopped reading at Shed. Big <laughs> thumbs up there, pal.
0: Good work. Um, hey, uh, I grew- we'll, later on in an episode, uh, after sh- we'll be covering the story after shit here on CSC called the Grim Hunt. Me and Gerard are gonna tackle that. Oh for yeah! Reasons. Oh jeez. <laughs> I still, I, I, I have my bottle of Jim Beam ready to go. Well, you know, you're gonna need it.
6: <laughs> exactly. He mentioned uh, Jim Chung's artwork on uh, clone conspiracy. I, again, we all agree. I think we all agree with that. He knocked it out of the park. Sa- 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 sadly, as bad as a writer sl- as slot is, the worst part is that he keeps hogging up the time of all these great artists that always work for him. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh but i I guess the point that he was starting to get to when he did get cut off by the time limit was he was responding to a question that I had posed at the e- at near the end of the episode where I asked if uh, spider man is has gone beyond the point where he can be pulled back and and actually redeemed again or if it's too late and there's too much irreparable damage done. And I don't... Somebody's going to have to refresh my memory. Did we actually end up discussing that at the end there, or...? <laughs>
5: I forgot. I, said, I, I remember the, I said the solution is let me do it.
0: <laughs> yes. It hey, me, we, we, we talked about that. Josh didn't get to be on the episode. I think we did a little sidebar afterwards, but... We, we, um... we did
4: a sidebar about if this was the worst Spider-Man story ever. I was on the beginning of the episode. I wasn't at the end. Um, I disagree that he's like rune forever because i've seen comic characters like hal jordan like you know committed genocide and (laughs) and he's okay now so and and, and as ben riley you know threw shade on peter for doing in this story he did throw his pregnant wife across the room and like you would never know it like you know by reading the current books
3: that's true he gets away with it unlike hank pym oh no
4: or flash thompson like things that characters like do in comics
3: I mean, or mean, Richards.
4: All, so many things that should legitimately, like, change the lives and relationships of these characters forever are just, like, never mentioned again. Like, if someone went through all the experiences that Peter Parker, like, went through, they'd have a pretty hard life. Like, Peter should not be able to get a job anywhere because, like, he was on the front page of, like, every single newspaper by being a suspect in a murder trial, and anyone who, like, gets off on these, like, high-profile murder trials, even though, like, Kane comes in and exonerates him, like, the public still mostly will, like, think that you're a murderer, like, even if you're pronounced innocent.
0: So Here, like, well, here try, try my Snoop, new Apple Snoop. Watch.
5: Well, I, I was about to say, um, Snoop Dogg was on, was on a murder trial, and he's fine. <laughs> We're
4: buying Apple Watches from, like, a serial killer. <laughs> and also
5: a guy who, like, was
4: on, like, every single newspaper again a few years later because, like, Jonah called him a fraud on, like, you know, live TV and stuff like that.
5: Well, that story should never have happened. That
4: was, that was well, none of oh, those stories should have ever happened, but, like, they happen. And, you know, Norman Osborne like, causing Mary Jane to possibly be stillborn, like, every time Peter sees Norman after that, he's always like, duh, he killed Gwen. It's like, duh, he, like, <laughs> he, he, he miscarried your child. Like, Shouldn't you be angrier about that, or something? Dude, I'd have broken
6: his. I, he, I love the impression He there. probably would be if they were allowed to bring it up.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's absolutely true. By yeah, the absolutely. way,
6: by the way, by the way, I I can't let this slide. Every single instance of somebody mentioned hey, he hit his wife, or like Reed Richards and Hank Pym, all had explanations in the story that everybody just ignores anyway.
4: Explanation or no explanation, they still hit their wives. That would be like, well they were stressed or like, you know, they had a bit too much to drink. And
6: Uh, the Reed Richards example is the best one where it was, she was malice at the time. And literally he just snapped her back into her actual personality (laughs) by just cracking her throat. Like stop (laughs) doing that.
4: That doesn't explain why he took her home afterwards and like hit her like 90 more times in the face. (laughs) Except
0: for that. So please be quiet. Let's move on.
4: (laughs) All
0: right, let's move on. All right. All right, we're going to start. We're going to do two recaps. Gerard had
4: a list. Okay, well, I I guess I should say what I really think he was talking about. There's a popular, like, fan theory that, um, don't you mind where the voicemail cuts off, that the final Mm -hmm. chapter is where the Spider-Man, like, you know, continuity diverges into the Spider-Girl continuity that we see in issues, like, it's either 49 or 50, where, like, we find out what really happened in the final chapter in the Spider-Girl universe. So people say that that's, like, the true continuation of, like, 616 Peter Parker. And, uh, yeah, I, I like that. And I'm guessing that's where he was going with this, um, judging by his, like, comments about loving Spider-Girl.
6: Yeah, call call in again and uh, finish your thoughts there. Because I'd actually like to hear what he was, where he was going with it. And tell us your name.
0: Yeah, yeah tell us your name and where you're from <laughs> when you first start. Because that way we can say, hey, so-and-so. Thanks for calling in.
6: I was just going to tell a guy incognito over here, make sure he calls back soon.
0: Yeah, just, just call us back and uh, we will definitely play your voicemail again on the show. We, we, I really enjoyed it, man. And maybe, you know, one day we can do it live anyway. So, uh, we're going to cover sensational nine and 10. Like I mentioned just a few minutes ago, that, uh, we're going to do the rundowns first. The first rundown will be Mr. Greg Boshensky. Thank you. Okay. I've, this issue is drawn
3: by Mike Waringo. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes. yes. And written by Tom DeZago. We open up at the Institute of size C- Harmonic Research in Manhattan, which never has earthquakes. I mean, it's felt tremors, but the last real earthquake was in 1884, when the Institute is invaded by bees. My God. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ben Riley is late for work, but surely forgives him due to the heat wave. So I do wonder who would order hot coffee in the heat. I mean, I love coffee, hot coffee, but in the New York summer, it's definitely iced coffee all the time. I mean, it gets humid as shit f- it in New York during the summer. I mean, who's going to order hot coffee? Uh, the yeah, the
4: this... Everyone's trying to be Seattle, so like in Nirvana. So like, you know, it's, they're doing it to be cool, not for comfort.
6: <laughs> by, by, the, by the way, isn't it great that Shirley was like, oh, it's okay that you're late because, you know, the – because uh, it's hot out, as opposed to oh yeah, the, don't forget those Sentinels destroyed New York like yesterday.
3: <laughs> I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure the <laughs> transportation is back yet, or like,
6: like, I love what?
3: how cool I love how cool she is with it. Someone at my job just got fired the other day for clocking in one minute late.
2: That is, that's yeah.
3: Anyway, <clears throat> a patron of the Daily Grind named Buzz, or at least that's what Ben calls him, shows that's Ben the cover insane. of the Daily Bugle, where J. Jonah Jameson has gotten into the killer bee scare of the 1990s. Anyone remember that? <laughs> wasn't there wasn't there a made-for-TV movie about that? Yes. Oh, <laughs> Back of the killer bees. Uh, (laughs) Apparently a bunch of African killer bees escaped from a lab in Mexico and started migrating north, and we were afraid of that for a very long time.
0: Apparently this issue was released October 16th in 1996.
3: There you go. Although I do have to comment that I like the way the Beagle is used as the credits for for the issue. It's actually very subtle. I spent a couple minutes looking for the credits when I was reading it, and then I just spotted... Them in the, bu- in the bugle. Nic- nicely done.
2: Yo, I really like that.
3: Yeah. Anyway, first onslaught, then the heat wave, and now the bees, and everyone is terrified of the bees. Maybe the bees could have driven off Galactus. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, be thankful it's only bees. If it were hornets, ugh, hornets are assholes. They, and they contribute nothing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> These bees pollinate stuff. Yeah, bees, bees... Trying to save myself editing later on. We're going to get,
4: like, an angry,
0: like, like voicemail from, like,
4: some beekeeper. Like, for your information, or hornets are not assholes, you know? Hornets actually help our ecology, but you wouldn't know that because you're too busy about Spider-Man comics because you can't accept the fact that Peter and Mary Jane are not married anymore.
3: <laughs> anyway, is- Desiree shows up and entices Ben Riley out on a date with tickets to rent. Q Gary from America 500. singing about AIDS. Everyone has
1: AIDS. Everyone has AIDS. And so this is the end of our story. And everyone is dead from AIDS. It took from me my best friend. My only true pal only bright star.
2: He Well,
1: I'm going to march on Washington, lead the fight and charge the brigades. There's a hero inside of all of us. I'll make them see everyone has AIDS. My father, AIDS. My sister, AIDS. My uncle and my cousin and her best friend. AIDS, AIDS, AIDS. The gays and the straights and the whites and the spades.
3: Back at the Institute, the... In the trade, they
4: changed it to Hamilton.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Back at the Institute, the bees managed to break into the building and form into Swarm. <laughs> anyway, Swarm then monologues on and on about his origins, and he has some crazy origins in the comics. He was either a Nazi scientist or your average fortune user.
6: <laughs> oh, dear. Please don't dox me. <laughs>
3: Anyway, due to the psionic storm which occurred during Onslaught, the telepathic bond between Swarm and the bee colony has been severed. Swarm has been drawn to the origin of the storm and must reestablish that link or face the consequences. He intends to do this by instructing the research team of the Institute to adjust the vibratory field, whatever that is, and thus restore its power. Does this science make any sense?
6: Partially yes and partially no. Because, uh, like, oh, my God, I'm actually about to teach a partial physics lesson. Okay, so uh, <laughs>
0: let's, let's wait for that. Let's, let's do the recap first, and we'll talk about that. All right, fine. But, but let's really be
3: honest. The biggest deal of the issue is Peter and Mary Jane finding out they're going to have a beautiful baby girl that will soon star in a beautiful comic with beautiful scripts by Tom DeFalco and beautiful art by Ron Friends and a beautiful podcast hosted by Mr. Gerard over here. Aww. Hey. Give Pat Olive some credit here. Don't leave him out. Mm -hmm. This is easily the highlight of the issue. Anyway, Ben races home. I don't know.
0: The next scene's pretty funny. Oh,
3: yeah, it is. It is. Ben races home to get ready for his hot date, only to find Jimmy Six in his bathtub with a girl named Harleen, who then invites him to join them. (laughs) (laughs) Tell you
4: what. You kick Harleen out, and then I'll join you. (laughs)
3: <laughs> ben is more than a little bit flabbergasted to see them. Jimmy lets Ben take the bathroom to get ready without a fuss and casually announces he's living there now too. <laughs> he just drops it randomly in a ca oh yeah, I'm living here now. Bye. <laughs> and Ben doesn't even really respond to it. It's hilarious. Ben manages to meet Desiree just in time for a Spider Sense to warn him of the bees. My God, bees. He runs off to make a phone call, but actually changes into Spider Man to help out during the pandemonium. And a he- Pretty decent action scene, but the bees coalesce into Swarm who delivers a monologue about how he's gonna destroy Spider.
0: Gerard, give us the recap of number ten, please.
3: Oh right, we're doing that.
6: Uh, <laughs> all right, uh Sensational Spider-Man number ten. Which is called Global Swarming. Uh this one's written by Todd Dezago, penciled by Michael Ringo, inked by Richard Case, colored by Gregory Wright, uh same creative team as last time. We, we start with uh, Desiree kind of having some uh, internal thoughts about uh, why Ben would have left her while during the intermission of the show, which is going on like normal even though there's a massive bee attack happening nearby, but anyway. It's the uh, hottest
0: show in town, Delatorre. The show must go on. <laughs> she also says that he's been gone
4: for an hour and in it's intermission, and I feel like Rent is a lot longer than that.
3: <laughs> hey, is this a spooky Mormon hell dream? From- wait, wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. Now, it there could be two intermissions.
3: To be no, fair. no,
0: no, no, not with rent. I've seen rent
4: live. Okay.
6: Oh, look at this guy! No, it's rent. I've seen it. A garage. garage. <laughs> you you, you <laughs> caught that in his voice too. <laughs> hey,
0: you're the one that had lasagna tonight, so don't even. A car I don't
4: even know what he ate. I just like attributed lasagna to him. <laughs> oh, I like
0: how
6: Zach, I like how Zach believed that, even though. <laughs> You
0: fool.
4: Because if, if you say something enough, it be, it, it just becomes like innuendo, and then
0: fact. So the runtime for Rent is, so actually, so the for rent is, is actually five hundred twenty-five thousand six hundred minutes. <laughs> okay, not really. Okay, uh, not it really. is two hours uh, and forty minutes. Two hours and forty and minutes. So that and is so with that is including with, the intermission. Including so the intermission. Twenty minutes the intermission. is Twenty so minutes I think the actual, actual playtime time is like, play time two hours is like and fifteen minutes, two hours and fifteen without minutes. So. Without the intermission. without so. the intermission. There you go. Useless so facts there you go. Useless oh, facts. But anyway, oh, uh,
6: swarm. Yeah. <laughs> Has caused his bee, has taken his bees and has built up like a giant, uh, essentially a force field around the uh, Seismoharmonic Studies Center or the Institute for uh, Seismoharmonic Studies, which of course doesn't exist. I mean, I, I, don't, I think it uh, goes without saying. But anyway, uh, so Ben shows up as Spider Man and, uh, you know, he's he notices that the bees have some kind of reaction to him already based on the fact that he's spider-man so he, he realizes that oh all right uh, peter must have fought them as spider-man so uh and they mentioned that uh spider-man fought off the bees using a uh, raid or something like that in a uh, spectacular spider-man number 36 which made me think uh when was the last time before this that swarm showed up it was probably lethal foes of spider-man right yeah amazing friends
3: swarm swarm
0: swarm
6: <laughs> no, 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 no. serious answer, though. It was Lethal Foes, right? Like,
0: uh, I'm pretty sure it was Lethal Force.
6: That was, like, 93, okay.
0: There's, the, uh, the, the, the,
4: the, there's a website called Marvel Chronology where we can check.
6: Okay. Are you okay. going to <laughs> do that while I'm recapping? Uh, no, I don't no, think no you I,
4: I, I, I am, I am.
6: Okay, then. Okay. Report back momentarily. All right, so then uh, some some <laughs> starts cutting onions oh. because I started crying. <laughs> Because the next scene is uh, Peter and Mary Jane setting up uh, the baby's room. And uh, revealing that, of course, the romance has not gone out of their lives, despite uh, the current situation. Because they start making out after a comedy pratfall ensues. Uh, anyway, back to Ben. So he gets into the uh, the Institute by, since the bees are kind of avoiding him, he's able to just go right straight through the little uh, force field thing, go through the window and such. And he talks to some of the scientists who explain uh, exactly the, the pseudoscience behind what's going on. Which is that they have to, uh, you know, they have to repair the hole that onslaught caused in the, <laughs> in like the vibratory field that allows him to telepathically communicate with the bees. What? But anyway, basically, there's a ticking clock. <laughs> basically, it's it's to add a ticking clock element because they're they're adjusting the harmonics, and as soon as the readout hits twenty five point six eight, swarm will have control over every bee in the world. As he points to the thing, it says 22.1. I, I have no idea what they expected us to make of this because that's not a clock. If it, and if that's the harmonics of the of the vibration that they're doing, it could go up or down. So what is any of this supposed to mean? But anyway, so uh, Ben's wondering like, oh well, what happens if you refuse? So Swarm reappears just out of nowhere. I guess that's his gimmick, and he starts to. Out
0: of a, nowhere, RKO!
3: I was, <laughs> I, mean, I was going to avoid that joke, but you went for it anyway. Okay, so no one so, heard or noticed any of these bees. Yeah, exactly. So, uh,
6: Swarms starts chuck- chucking bees down the guy's throat and, you know, choking him out, having the bees kind of threaten to sting inside of his throat, which would probably make it swell up and kill him. So he's like, you know, I'll do that to him. So, don't, you know, I won't tolerate any further interruptions. And he goes away again. So, of course, uh, Spider Man proposes that, uh, they come up with some, some, uh, Nonsense. where they can basically to make a long story short you can alter the way that bees actually move by adjusting vibration patterns since they don't actually the way he explains it bees don't fly on currents the way birds do they actually cut through them based on vibratory patterns of their wings so they can adjust that you know behind swarms back in order to cause the bees to go haywire and not be able to move around at at will so in order to do this they have to move a bunch of equipment up to the roof so they come up with some nonsense to uh you know power down their stuff so that swarm has to so they could trick swarm into allowing them to move all that stuff so he makes spider-man move in you know if he move all the equipment up to the roof they go through with their plan and it works surprisingly easily actually swarm isn't able to do anything so they immediately defeat him which actually causes a, a little telepathic shockwave which is an excuse to have some cameos i.e the x-men and then uh you know, he grabs, I guess, the queen bee or whatever it is. Uh, did they ever follow up on that? I don't think so. But anyway, so then uh, sometime later, uh, Trish Tilby shows up. And for those uh, aficionados out there, this time she's black, has brown hair, and brown eyes. It's, it's kind of a running gag with X-Men comics. Every time she shows up, she's a different race. It's actually very funny. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Chance Lewis <Lowe laughs> slain
3: machine. It's
4: like <laughs> oh, no. Just oh, no. like my mother-in-law. Ha, ha, ha.
3: Wow, I don't get that reference at all.
4: It's, it's, it's just, like, the out of context, like, ah, so you know someone who always changed race. It it, it was a bad joke with a bad delivery. Um, but while I have you, um, Swarm's last appearance was in um, Lethal Foes of Spider-Man, issue 3 and 4.
6: So it, it, so it was exactly what I said? Why are you getting that tone like you're correcting
4: me? <laughs> well, then I'm, I'm, I'm doing the, like, you know, comic book nerd, um, you know, which is very out of character for me, like, um,
2: <laughs> uh-huh.
6: Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway so uh, trish is interviewing the uh, the scientists and they're explaining that spider-man helped while jonah's sitting there yelling at his tv like my dad used to do and then uh she's like oh well, that's all fine and good but where's spider-man now ben is off racing to go catch up to Desiree, and of course he gets her in typical comic fashion exactly the moment she walks out of the theater and she explains that uh well she suddenly figured it out and that uh really it's just too soon for him to get together with another girl after he broke up with Jessica everything's perfectly okay let's be friends what yeah what? <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get we'll get to this in a minute <laughs> so then, uh, there, there's a kind of a little like a mini teaser scene here where we go to Osborne Industries that's right i said Osborne Industries not Oscorp uh, where we get you. to, yes, we get to Liz Osborne's office where she's the uh, they mentioned that she's the director of Osborne Industries in absentia. Hmm, why would they bring that up specifically? Uh, mm. so then, hmm, so then, uh, Donald Mencken comes in and he starts talking and he sounds exactly like Greg Wiseman for some reason. That's odd. Uh, <laughs> And uh, uh, they start mentioning that she's uh, she wants him to bring the, some of the files so they can start looking into Multivex, which was, you know one of the subsidiaries. And Mencken starts uh, has an internal thought where he's like threatening, be very careful where you're digging, Ms. Osborne, lest you discover something that could cost you very dearly the end. And I guess this is the last right. uh, issue of sensational before
0: revelations, right? Yes, in fact, we are wrapping up two of the five books tonight, before Revelations. Even though Revelations doesn't have an unlimited issue, sort of right. I mean, I guess you, unless you, I guess you could count, you know, Osborne Journal as kind of like an unlimited like issue. Anyway, <clears throat> so first up, I will go with Mister Donovan. Um.
5: Uh, sensational, 9 and 10. I like this story. Um, My my feelings on this are pretty much like like the last time we covered the uh, the Zaga Raringo run of Sensational. It's kind of like, you know, my introduction to Spider-Man. I'm very sentimental towards it. Um, Honestly, the story is kind of lightweight, I feel. I mean, it's fun. You know, it, it is what it is, but there's no... You know, there's... I don't feel a real sense of... Danger because it kind of goes at a breakneck pace, which is fine. That's not really a criticism; it's sort of more of an observation. I like this in between scenes with uh, Peter and Mary Jane. I actually kind of like the the, uh, the subplot with um, Ben and uh, Desiree, although that was a that was like a <laughs> a cop out of Ariane, uh proportions at the end, where it's like you know, <laughs> don't don't worry, you're not really a relationship, even though you didn't say a word about it. I'm telling you how you feel. Um, and That's kind of like like, like lame writing, but uh, I love Ringo's artwork. I do think that, like, uh, at least in this issue, and see, I remember noticing this elsewhere, he tends to make just a tiny bit, and this is so fanboy nitpicky, but he tends to make a tiny more webs on the Spider-Man mask to where it looks like his chin is longer than I think it should be. Um, I, I kind of just noticed that in this issue, or these two issues. Uh, but generally, I, I'm still really digging his artwork. Um, I think Swarm is kind of a fun villain. He doesn't, you know, they don't really get into his, um, his um, political allegiances in this but um whatever it, it was amusing I I, <laughs> I I like the scenes of um him like threatening the guy by serving all the bees down his mouth I thought that was kind of cool and um I, I enjoyed it i mean I, I, don't, I don't know i'm usually whenever i'm on a podcast, unless it's the gotham chronicle i'm usually the more lenient one so uh i'm not sure how everybody else took to this issue or these two issues but um i found it fun what's your grade i would give it a b plus
0: josh your thoughts
5: uh, this was a fun Spider-Man
4: story, honestly. Like, this is the type of stuff that I like from the Ben Riley era. Like, it's and I like that it's mostly divorce, aside from that multivex scene at the end, and like Peter and Mary Jane being like, ah, nothing bad is ever gonna happen to us, you know. As like they do the uh, right. missing lover footage, you know, from Community. Uh, it's uh, th- 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 there's a joke in Community that like whenever a character like has like lost a loved one, they always like look back at like you know a home movie or something thing you know and like it's always like overly sentimental like them like painting a nursery and then like throwing the paint at each other and then having sex on the floor
5: like it's, it's very very uh, <laughs> we don't
0: know what happened you just insinuated it, that well, yeah you know, yeah m- couple married couples do don't they want married couples don't kiss oh, okay
2: <laughs> peter i'm pregnant again somehow <laughs> 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 like
4: the first baby's not even out yet i don't know how this is possible but uh, that, that scene actually made me sad, too, but that's more of a hindsight thing than the issue itself. But, like, aside from the multivex and, like, the Peter Parker scenes, which I, I, I did like the Peter Parker scenes, don't get me wrong, this is, like, divorced from, like, the rest of the clone saga in a good way, where it's, like, you know, Ben Riley, you know, like, you see his life at home in a weird way, and his, and his job, he fights a villain, and he has to, as Spider-Man, like, you know, use his brain. Like, instead of using, like, you know, punches or whatever, he... Uh, He figured out with his, you know, science brain, which he doesn't get to use that much because all he does is make coffee, uh, figure out how to defeat the villain. So I like that. I don't like some of the Desiree stuff, but that's more of, like, a trope in comic books because, like, they're written by a lot of, you know, men who don't understand that, like – it's just – you are not going to find a woman – who at least in my life experience and in the life experiences of almost like everyone who I know who's going to like be that forward and like make it that easy for you. Like people don't behave that way. Like go up to you, like, ah, we're going out on a date tonight and here's the tickets to the hottest show in town. And I won't take no for an answer. Like, ah, Ben Riley, he's, you know, he's just like us with like, you know, hot women demanding that, you know, he dates them. And then at the end, when, like, he ditches the date, there's no, like, repercussions from it, because it's just, the whole Desiree thing is just too perfect. She throws herself at him, which is one of my problems with Nora Winters in like, the Brand New Day era. And then when he doesn't, like, engage with her, she, like, automatically, like, forgives him and gives him a free pass, which mm-hmm. no women will ever do if you ignore them on a date. Like, are you kidding me? Like. You're either going to get something passive aggressive, or like, or they're going to be mad at you. It sounds like I have issues with women, I like as I'm saying. No, I mean, I mean,
5: I think anybody, you know, worth their dignity wouldn't be such a pushover or so easy.
4: Well, it's not even that she's like. It's just like she's like a fantasy of like what a woman is, like yeah. you know, understanding of all your problems and like, and like making herself readily available because she's even like, when you're ready, I'll be ready. Not like, well, whatever, you know, I have my own life and I'll move on. Um. Yeah. I do like. I do like the aspect of the story in that, like you know, like classic Spider-Man, he's on a date and he has to fight crime. I just don't like the execution of it as much. Um, uh, the Jimmy Six thing was just weird. I'm sorry. Like, this crime boss doesn't have his own house. Like, he had to use Ben Riley's bathtub, and yeah, it's a comical scene. Like, like no, don't stand up. You're naked. Ah, like you know, but it. Hey, no, even, I like, like that.
3: Go, hey, it could have, have been a nihilist on the to toilet.
4: Like, why would this thought even go to Jimmy Six's head? Like, you know, ah, let's have sex. Where could we do it? I know Ben Riley's house. You know, come, let us like bathe. I mean, he said, "Come over anytime I want," and that obviously means like bring my hooker over and like you know have my way with her in the bathtub.
6: Uh, Josh, I think you're missing one of the biggest, most important things about all these this these characters that you're mentioning, which is that context this is probably the last time they were ever planning on using some of them like this might have just been a case where okay greatest hits of of ben riley's era since you know spoilers he's gone next month (laughs) like you know let's throw out jimmy six let's let's have it you know it's a little too pat let's close out the desiree thing you know let's get these characters (laughs) off the table
4: But they had more choices than like. Let's put Jimmy Six in a bathtub. Like Jimmy Six could have like you know been like waiting for Ben Riley outside of his door as he's like you know trying to like
0: find. There there was other choices that they
6: No 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 kidding. I agree with you there. I'm just saying the whole reason he's in the issue to begin with is probably that reason. They just wanted to throw one more scene with him and Ben Riley together. That's a
5: good point. I didn't think about that. But she. uh, This is probably like the last time we see her, right?
6: Well, I think it's the last time we see Desiree, and I think this this is the last time we see Jimmy Six and uh, Ben together, I think.
4: Yeah, Desiree was, like, a kind of supporting character in, like, the post-Revelation sensational issues. Because she was, like, going to Peter and Mary Jane, like, I have to tell you what Ben's last thoughts were because I'm a psychic all of a sudden. And then, like Peter's, like,
5: "Oh no! What if she knows I'm Spider-Man?" <laughs> what a sh** idea for a story! No, no, no. Um,
6: uh, Josh, you make fun. They actually had, they did have a slight tease about her possibly having psychic powers in this issue. I'm not even joking. When they have the little montage after the telepathic uh, thing with the bees, and they- it sets off the little oh. seismic thing, oh, yeah. they may have, a- they may have actually been teasing that Desiree is a mutant. But they nice. Never were
4: that that that, that completely went over
2: <laughs> that that is
4: an interesting touch I did think it was weird like she goes outside and like sees the carnage she's like now I know why Ben had to leave. he can't get over Jessica as like bees are like eating people
2: alive outside <laughs> like, yeah, yeah.
3: well like, yeah it's, it's it's all about Jessica's previously unmentioned job as a beekeeper <laughs> <laughs>
0: How else do you think she can afford all that leather and look like Joan Jett? That hair that hair is expensive to keep up with. <laughs> when your dad
4: killed Uncle Ben, the only way that you can escape from, like, the screams at night is to, like, be with the bees.
0: You guys are making all these beekeeper jokes, but my great-grandfather was actually a beekeeper. Uh, did I apologize for every joke I've ever made. <laughs> wait,
4: wait, 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 wait. Bees? Like, buzz? <gasps> Could it be?
0: No, his nickname <laughs> was Grandpa Bee. All right. I bet betcha uh, well, Aim was... Grandpa <laughs> Bee! <laughs> I betcha
3: uh, Aim was behind this. They dress like beekeepers. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they do.
4: The, 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 the stuff that annoyed me, like, only annoyed me slightly. This was still, like, good Spider-Man with good art, so I do give that D's an A. All
0: right. Uh, Greg? I
3: really enjoyed this. I mean, yeah, I made fun of it. I really made fun of it, but... But it was in a, but I was making fun of it affectionately. I actually really enjoyed this. I mean, back in when I originally read this in the '90s, I would have thought this was maybe an average story. But compared, especially compared to what we're getting now, I mean, I would love to have a Spider-Man story like this, like this nowadays. I mean, it's a very, I mean, there's it, just sort of classic Spidey feel to it. I mean, and it's just good old-fashioned fun. I mean, the villain is ridiculous, the plot is ridiculous, but sometimes you. Sometimes that's a a good thing. I mean, yeah, the scene with Jimmy Six—I do agree—is ridiculous, but it was the annihilus on the toilet of the '90s.
5: It's always so hard for us to insult the current books. We always really uh, try to resist doing it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, I yeah, this is one of Ben Riley's last hurrahs of Spider-Man, so I guess I enjoyed it in that regard. And I'm gonna miss him. He's, he was a very likable character, and this ep- it, in these issues really depict that. And um. I really like the Peter and Mary Jane scene. I mean, yeah, we Mayday is coming. We come in. She, we know her gender, and I remember the time I was really looking forward to that. I was young and naive. I did not think they would end up doing what they did. Yeah.
5: To, to
6: be to be fair, when you think of ways to resolve stories, baby murder is usually not at the top
3: of the list. <laughs>
0: uh, Greg, your grade?
3: I'll give it an A minus. I really had fun with it, Gerard. Oh
0: God! Not the bees Not the bees They're in my eyes. <laughs>
2: They're in my oh. I, oh, was I,
6: for this. I was <laughs> waiting
3: for this. <laughs> 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 oh no!
2: Not the bees Not the bees ah! Oh My
6: So uh, yeah, I gotta give a, a definite thumbs up to Michael Ringo's art here. I still kind of prefer late, his later art when he's on like Fantastic Four and stuff, but this is this is definitely a favorite era of mine with him too. Um, I think his best work is maybe six or seven years ahead of him at this point, which is which is great because man, By do I way, miss him!
0: You mentioned you mentioned Mike Ringo. Um They just released a trade paperback of. Of what? You, you just broke up for a second. Um, it collects Todd uh, DeZago's Todd run from issue 7 all the way through uh, 3. You said,
5: you, you, you said that like, it's, it's a trade uh, releasing DeZago and Ringo's institutional Yes.
0: Run? They just came out a couple weeks ago. Very cool. So uh, it should be in your local bookstores so, now. So, or you can so order it on happens. Amazon. That
4: will have the psychic Desiree stuff and like uh, and, and the little black deaf girl. I think.
3: Yep. Yes.
6: Oh yeah. I actually remember her name.
3: Yeah, since this is Desiree's last hurrah, can we admit she was kind of boring? I mean, uh, Jessica was the more interesting girlfriend of this era. By Are you far. kidding?
2: She's a
4: psychic and a fashion student, and she was able to get tickets to Rent in the in the nineties.
5: <laughs> Josh, and I always have to be so mean.
6: <laughs> again, uh, again, though, we have to t- we have to be fair. Obviously, whatever plans they had for these characters ended up getting thrown to the to the wayside, and they decided yeah. to bring your Peter back. So uh, we're not playing with a full deck here. I think we would have seen a lot more of Jessica and Desiree. Okay. There would have been more. There would have been more of a triangle. There had Ben continued as Spider-Man. Yeah. Also,
2: well,
4: well, back also, here. also their their writer Dan Jurgens left. So because I yeah. think he created yeah. both of them.
3: Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Also, let's go back to your point, Josh. I mean, the fact that she was just cool with Ben walking out. She bought tickets to rent when that was new. How much were those tickets? Well, Desiree is fabulously
6: rich, according to these stories. So that that was like a drop in a bucket for her. Doesn't matter. Do you know how cheap
3: rich people are?
6: (sighs) Yeah. Anyway, can can, can I can I get back to my notes so that you guys can stop interrupting me? Jesus. So yeah, uh, we mentioned before the little creative credits with the newspaper in part one. That was cool. Um, I did like all of the stuff with Peter and Mary Jane, although I got kind of sad w- looking at it, because, you know, obviously with, four, with with knowing what's coming ahead very shortly, uh, this stuff kind of actually makes me a little angry that we never ended up seeing what we were supposed to get. <laughs> There's a reference to the Six Million Dollar Man that I wrote down here where, where uh, one of the guys with at the... Uh, Seismological Institute or whatever was like uh, we have we can do it we have the technology, which uh, I, I started laughing at because I'm old timey.
5: I caught that uh-huh. too.
6: Uh, I, I give a thumbs up to the uh, tease with Mencken that we'll get to I guess when when we cover Revelations. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess I'm alone here. I really liked the Jimmy Six scene because it was nice to see him again, and this is probably the last time he'll interact with Ben, right?
3: I did like it. Just as I compared of that Annihilus scene, doesn't mean I didn't like it. I thought it was fun, actually. <laughs> I
2: thought yeah. it
6: was funny. And by the way, uh, guys, three way leeway. That's all I'll say.
2: No, uh, <laughs>
6: <laughs> I think the point Zach was trying to make was that he's also in the Addictive List seventy three and seventy four that we're going to cover.
2: I'll
6: just continue <laughs> on with, with my notes here, so I can get to so we can get through this, please. Um, all right, but that, no, that was, that's all the oh yeah no, no just. just Zach, stop. Seriously. <laughs> just stop for a minute. Alright. Uh, and, and yeah, no Clone Saga BS like I believe Josh pointed out, which is good. Uh, but as far as negatives go, I gotta say, th- th- this felt really decompressed for some reason. Like This this probably should have just been one issue instead of two. It might have been a little packed for one issue, but like as two issues it felt a little lightweight to me. Especially the swarm part of it, because really, like he has to defeat it really easily. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Uh, I made fun of the Trish Tilby thing, and during my uh, recap, so I don't have to bring that up again. Uh, but yeah, I, I kind of, I'm I'm kind of half and half on the whole Desiree subplot because I thought it started out like when she was being really pushy about it and stuff. It's like okay, you know, I want to see where they're going to go with this, but then it just kind of fizzles out in part two. And it makes me wonder, like, what was DeZago's thinking in having her be that aggressive and then just immediately give up afterwards? Was it solely to have the tease at the end where we, where she might have psychic, you know, that whole, like, possible, t- is that what that was all about? And if so, was it worth it for, for to have it be the major subplot of these issues? I don't know. Um, so, I have kind of mixed feelings about that. I feel, it, it's a little too pat, and like, like Josh said, no woman in history has ever behaved like that. Where she comes on that strongly and then gives up that quickly, so that was just kind of silly. But uh, I have to kind of agree with uh, Don and Don, Donna Josh's and Greg's sentiments on this, where we're like, this is kind of a, a lightweight, just sort of throwaway kind of story but it's also filled with a lot of really nice little moments and I kind of wish we got more stuff like this just in general today. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to give this one a B minus, which is a little harsher than it should be. Um, in general, I did like reading the story. It felt too lightweight to me. Probably should have been one part. I'll agree with most of the guys though, that, that, uh, this is the kind of thing I wish we got a little more of where, where it's just kind of a breezy, fun little, little story that doesn't have to have all of the, Heavy consequences and such.
0: So I guess I need to get my thoughts. All right. Here's where I, I think that I'm going to kind of agree with most of the panel. I loved the, the baby scenes. I loved how it was all set up. I loved how we got to get the gender reveal. We got, we got the setting up the nursery. It, it really, my perspective now on this issue, on these two issues is completely different than it was When we started this show, because I'm a dad and I I remember the first time we went and and saw the sonogram and didn't see a little thing hanging off, realized it was a girl. Um, I remember. But see, we kind of did things differently. I'm going to kind of go into personal stuff. We did a a blood test after the first trimester. So we already knew more or less. um, It was like a 98 percent accuracy based on hormones and the various things they could test for now what the gender would be so um
6: oh well that's no fun don't you want to see the uh <laughs> yeah
0: that was well it was it was my ex-wife so she wanted to know she had been having dreams about girls so you know they say sometimes you have when you're pregnant you have some of those weird things like that um so she kept dreaming having a, having dreams of having a little girl so we did the blood test because it was just driving her nuts and it was it was good but you know i, I still remember the thing is, is i st- when i when i when the sonogram finally happened and i saw it even though we knew it it still was magical like that magic didn't didn't wasn't taken away so that was very heartwarming when the, whenever the doctor says cuz i think it's supposed to be like an, an african doctor just where, are by you the, going, where
6: where are you going with this Zach?
0: but like i i could hear him in my head when he's in my head you know talking about uh, when he, when he's talking about how cold the baby jelly is, um, you know, I remember them talking about that in the room, you know, and, and I remember this issue. I remember picking it up off the rack. I remember seeing it, you know, at the Walden books back in the day. Um, oh my
6: god! I'm going to have to explain both what a Walden books is and what
0: a rack is. <laughs> the spinner rack. <laughs> no, I'm just
6: kidding. I'm just kidding. Keep going. Uh,
0: but, uh, you know, I, I I remember enjoying these issues. I remember, you know, I really liked Mike Ringo. And really, this is where time, this is, I think, the point where I really was really falling in love with Mike Ringo's artwork. And I hadn't ever seen it before when it was coming out because I was strictly a Spider-Man guy. I wasn't reading anything else. And so, I mean, that was just pure gold. I think it's interesting now that we're getting closer to the end of, uh, end of the Clone Saga before Revelations, how every single artist that started on the various books have been replaced. Right, because okay, none, none of the original
6: artists from the clone side like Stephen Butler, Bagley, uh, Sal Buscema.
0: Yeah, and uh, Tom Lyle. All, all have been replaced now. Hmm. Nobody made it all the way to the end. and That is
6: that is interesting because it, it is only like, what, a year and a half, two years? It's 26 issues total. Total, total. total. Uh, months, you mean?
0: Yeah, 26 months. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, we
6: wish it was 26 yeah. issues.
0: <laughs> we have been done a long time ago. Uh, but no, I, yeah, I yeah. So, so, just so a hair
6: over two years, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a lot of. Plus, don't forget, he also lost uh, uh, Mateus. The uh, Defalco oh. switched books, so he's not gone, gone.
0: Yeah, he went from spectacular to amazing. Uh, right, DeZago uh, was was co-writing with with Defalco originally. Kavanoff left. mateus left. Mackey was the only one that stayed on his book the entire time.
6: Yeah, that, that's a lot of turnover for only two years. And don't yeah. forget, uh, J- Jurgens also came and went in that time frame. Yeah,
0: too. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dan Jurgens, we hardly knew ye. Uh, you know, I mean, Butler left when when Webb when Web ended. You know, Lyle left even before. I, I, I think he left shortly after Maximum Clonage. I think Maximum Clonage... Where did was Lyle last? even go after this? Uh, um... I don't know, Brett. So, yeah, I really, I, I get a lot, of, I, I get a lot of memories of myself in these books, and uh, Desiree obviously showing up was a big thing. One thing that nobody's mentioned that I, I, I'm surprised, given how recent we talked about clone conspiracy. This was the issue that they, they referenced in that splash panel. These, these two issues that they got. Remember that I branded about how they got wrong.
3: I blocked that up.
5: Oh, memory. when they, when they got like you know uh what's her name wrong yeah
0: yeah they put they put desiree's clothes in issue nine when bit when they're on their date when ben's you know all dressed up with the with the vest and the tie and she's actually in an entirely different outfit like they they like come they like mishmashed both you know both issues together um so that that was something that i'm that i, I wanted to point out that this is actually you know the issues that they were referencing in clone conspiracy i did recognize
4: Desiree's outfit but like oh i wasn't my like certain enough to say anything our god we share him
0: De- De- Desiree is
3: a fashion <laughs> student she put together the scarlet business suit and the anubis mask it was her wasn't it she was behind it
0: oh dear all right anyway <laughs>
4: that's what she's been up to
3: <laughs> yeah
4: she's like now ben black is the new scarlet so we're going to make a black business suit and uh we're gonna do a half mask because it shows off your sexy chin
0: oh dear okay uh, we're
6: moving on uh uh, 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 to change the subject i quickly skimmed around to figure out what tom lyle did so if you are you guys interested in knowing yeah yeah go ahead basically it boils down to after he left spider-man he did a, a, a short run on the punisher which makes sense, because didn't he write that uh, Punisher Spidey team up or whatever? Oh
0: god, yes, and it was awful.
6: Yeah, well, he was the artist on the Punisher for a little while. Uh, it looks like he did a couple of specials here and there for, like, you know, X-Men Unlimited, uh, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Uh, you know, a story in, like, an annual here or there. Uh, it looks like he had a brief run on a, an Adam Warlock series from the late 90s. And then uh, a couple of fill-in issues here and there of Mutant X and uh, the Dark Horse Star Wars Hello. stuff. I... and that's pretty much it. Yeah, he uh, like, which think... uh,
2: which Dark Horse Star Wars stuff?
6: Uh, the, 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 I'm looking down right now. Uh, it says right here he did uh, Star Wars number thirteen. Let's see, we're talking. Uh, so this is issue thirteen and ninety eight. So we're like this is like the 97, 98 ish uh, Dark Horse okay. series. It was just called Star Wars.
4: Yeah, so, this prob-
6: so this it, is probably. So this is like.
4: It, yeah, yeah. They changed the name of it to like Republic halfway through.
6: I think so. Yeah, he did a few issues here. Yeah, like he, that kind of thing where he was just doing fill-ins here or there, with different companies. But <laughs> he, more, his his career as a regular penciler more or less ended with the end of his Punisher run, which was in '97. It looks like.
0: I, I think he also started teaching. I think he went back and got his degree and started teaching, um, art. Right. He, uh, All in a
4: the first appearance
5: of Stephanie Brown. I feel that, like, Lyle was always a very, very, like, 90s artist. Not that he was, like, a Tom Leifel or a Rob Leifel or anything like that. But his style was... Uh, Lyle's style was always kind of very um, distinct, and to me, how kind of stiff it was. A lot of the guys had the kind of same facial expressions. And I feel that, like, by the end of the 90s, Marvel especially was trying to get away from that type of, type of artwork. So his style, kind of like the, like the artists of old, like around the Silver and Bronze Age wasn't really getting hired anymore, which is probably, Kim well, yeah. kind of leaving the game makes sense to me.
6: Right. Oh, and by the way, we're not, we're, that wasn't his last Spider-Man stuff, because he did he did a couple of fill-ins on Amazing.
5: Wasn't it the Venom Between, story? Uh,
6: no, I think it was the, uh, he did the cover, I know he did the cover for that uh, Carnage Silver Surfer weirdo thing.
0: Oh, yeah. Yes, he
6: did. <laughs> and I, and Carnage I, Cosmic,
0: where... man, get it right. It was a legendary yes. story by DeFalco. <laughs>
6: Oh, God, somewhere in that time frame, I think he did a couple of fill-ins. I remember, like, I remember he a Mr. Actually, Hyde cover he
0: did. He did uh, He did that, and he also, um, I think he drew that Mr. Hyde issue, if I'm remembering correctly, but also uh, he did a Venom one-shot with Spider-Man, which was the first time that Peter and Venom had fought since since Peter became Spider-Man again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember that. Uh, he did. He did write that Venom, uh, that Spider-Man Punisher story that was just bleeping awful.
2: That plot? Uh,
0: was that family plot? Yeah, that was family plot. He wrote that, and Joe Bennett actually did the artwork in the second issue. <laughs> Joe Bennett. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of Joe Bennett, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll
6: we'll get to him in uh, shortly. But
0: uh, nevertheless, you know I'm, I'm going to give this an A minus. I really enjoyed it. So let, let's everybody go around and give your grade right quick. Uh, Greg. B plus. Gerard. Uh, I said B minus. Donovan. B plus. And Josh. A. We got A A minus. All right. So really high grades for this one, for this two parter. Oh, by the way, any did anybody get the joke about Arlene, Mister J? It's supposed yes, to be Yes, I got it. I okay. totally uh, got it. Y-
6: yeah, it was too lame to even mention, though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she wasn't blonde. Exactly like, like that. J, Mr. It was, J. It was a reference that was just apropos of nothing because she had
2: no. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> what was the
0: point? Alright, so we are finally here, guys. Epic book number six. Now. Editor's note: Obviously, uh, those that listen to the miniseries episode know that I covered the Spider-Man team-up issue that's in this book, but this is the first time with the panel that I've covered. We've covered Epic Book Six, so I'm going to make it count. All right. So uh, this issue is an issue we've been kind of teasing and talking about for a while, and there's one person that we had to make sure that was on this episode because, well, there's a there's an incredible guest star on this on this particular issue. And, uh, Incredible. <laughs> there, her, her name is well, Betty Brandt,
2: and of well, we're course, we're
4: wrapping this up so much. Betty's in like four scenes that amount to maybe like three or four pages, but uh, <laughs> it's, yes. uh I mean, we, we we will have some fun with it because there are some implications from it, and uh, I mean, and just to like you know give the listeners some context, depending on how familiar they are, I have this weird relationship with Betty Brand and it's kind of spun out of control, partially my fault because I kind of partially (laughs) started the runaway train, but then like, you know, I lost control of it at one point, but it's just, you know, when I was younger, I was reading the essentials and I was like, gee, it's kind of weird that like Betty's like always getting mad at Peter for like being with other girls, but she's like openly dating Ned. So I talked about that on classics and it became a thing and I had fun with it, so I kept on doing it because I had fun. The listeners had fun. But, like, before, and I did some articles on Crawl Space because it, it's really easy. You could pick any character in history to, like, cherry pick and, like, take things, you know, and say why they're horrible. I mean, I could have easily done this with Liz Allen. That being said, with Betty, there was a lot to work with. So much to work
0: with. You even told you even told Steve Wacker that Betty was a poor horrible person. He looked at you like you had two heads. <laughs> no, actually,
4: actually, he, like, he said to me, I understand you hate this character. Like, what's up with that? Like, like, cause some people took it more seriously than I did. And like, Greg like said to me once. I don't even know if Greg remembers this because like people will like send me messages to try and like round me up about Betty and Greg's like Josh, who's worse, Betty Brant or Doctor Doom? And I was like, oh well, Doctor Doom. He does kill people. Like,
3: <laughs> and that was a joke, by the way. That was totally a joke. I did not <laughs> think
4: it's seriously. Like, I'm not, I'm not psychotic. So, uh, so with that in mind, you know, like I I do love to do the Betty bashing. Um, you know, it's it, it's fun and there's a long history of it for those who want. This isn't going to be like Amazing Spider-Man Classics, though, because Betty doesn't like commit adultery or anything like that. This issue, yeah. <laughs> so I hope I can fulfill all of your expectations. That being said, this issue, let's let's get right into it because it's Coach, Unlimited 14,
0: little... by the way. Uh, all right, so... yeah,
4: Unlimited 14, which like it took me so long to like write a recap for because everything in the world is happening. Uh, So we start. Someone in a Scarlet Spider costume wakes up strapped to the top of what I think is the Brooklyn Bridge. He has a whole train of thought, which he says out loud before he begins to fall, because I guess he has time to do that. And as he's falling, he says, no, not like Gwen. Wait, who's Gwen? Why am I saying this? Must be the costume. (laughs) Um, Luckily, he's strapped to a tether, and luckily the tether's bulletproof.
2: Or is it?
4: I guess not because it's shot by an unseen shadowy figure. Dialogue seems to indicate that this is part of the great game because, oh my gosh, Revelations is right around the corner. We need to wrap up this great game thing. Later on at the (laughs) morgue, Peter, Peter, who is there for the bugle with Ken Ellis, finds himself in the middle of a wacky, racially charged misunderstanding when the Asian coroner sees that Peter is a bit too happy that the toe-tag Scarlet Spider is also Asian. So, like, (laughs) it's kind of funny. Like, the coroner's like, why are you happy about Asian Scarlet Spiders dying? Uh, we don't see the end Yeah. <laughs> I love that. He's like, oh, uh, sorry, Dr. Chen. Like, <laughs> But back at the Daily Bugle, Peter hides from the Social Justice Warrior Brigade um, from this racial thing. By being the victim of Robbie's, yeah, I'm glad you're not the dead Spider-Man, eh, Peter? Wink, wink. But just then, uh, Spider-Man, which is Spider-Ben, this issue, but whenever I say Spider-Man, I automatically think Peter. So Spider-Man shows up. Which visibly shatters Robbie's mind. Although Ben is a bit like too on the nose with it, he's like, "Hey, Robbie, are you surprised to see me in the same room with Peter?" Which, like, okay, dude, take it down a notch. Uh,
0: you gotta think, think how before back it was. We we didn't talk about Final Adventure, but like, there's like blatant implications in Final Adventure that Robbie knows. Yeah, yeah, him.
4: but 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 you're making it more suspicious by like saying, "The Robbie, are you surprised to see me and Peter in the same room?" Like.
6: It's, it's and anybody sure. who's paying any any attention to that conversation will immediately be like, wait, why would he think that Peter Parker is a Spider? Wait a minute. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah. So Peter also decides to act suspicious after Spider-Ben leaves by screaming, I'm sure going to meet my cousin downstairs. Hey, guys, did you get that Spider-Man? Um, right after Spider-Ben taunted Jonah a bit before leaving just to say, like, you know, I'm going to get to the bottom of this mystery, gang. So the conversation with Ben and Peter in the Daily Bugle lunchroom is even odder. The two quickly conclude that the Scarlet Scarlet Asian Spider was a victim of the great game. Ben compares the thing to pro wrestling, which is weird. And Peter pulls a joke and and says that it's all Ben's fault, which is also weird because Peter's like, ah. We think this has something to do with the gray cam. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that was while you were in Portland. Yeah, I found out who was behind that thing, and I didn't arrest the guy. What? But, Ben, how could you? Hey, it's not illegal to pay people to murder each other in the street. (laughs) (laughs) I guess you never
5: learned about power and responsibility.
4: (laughs) They're really, like, frosty at each other, this issue. It's really weird, but then, like, you know – Betty shows up, and within four panels, she and Ben have a date. The art clearly shows how thirsty they are for each other, because, like, if you thought, like, Desiree was forward, this is, like, four panels, and, like, Ben's got a date by the end of it. Um, And it's mostly Ben being the forward one. Betty then seemingly tries to make the married cousin of her date jealous by using Ben's confidence to address Peter's shortcomings, because, you know, (laughs) that's what friends
5: do, folks. (laughs) Classic Elizabeth Banks.
4: Yeah, uh, yeah. She's like she's like criticizing like Peter's like lack of confidence, and then also like trying to like you know stir the pot like hey, hey you know hey married friend who I was the maid of honor or no she wasn't the maid of honor Mary Jane was her maid of honor. You're ma- yeah uh, and, and, and crossing my, the
0: streams there, Bertoni.
4: Whatever. <laughs> Peter reminds. Thirsty Betty and the readers that there is a plot to get back to, and she asks Betty to help him to investigate Johns Meyer James, which is the name that they got from Ben about the guy behind the great game. They discover he's tied to a pharmaceutical company, so Peter and Betty go there to investigate. While on the elevator, Peter attempts to save Ben from his impending doom, and I don't mean revelations, by trying to convince Betty not to date him. <laughs> Betty again plays the jealousy <laughs> part. <laughs> Betty again plays the jealousy card and seems like very happy to do it. She then twists the knife by introducing Peter as the staff photographer, you know, cause he was just laid off and all. Um, <laughs> uh, so they're talking to woman scientists at company. Cause there's like a million companies and like corporate espionage and stuff going on in this issue. It's like really hard to keep up with. And she's like, this company's not up to no good anymore. We're no longer doing weird experiments. And then Peter, like, Looks in a room, which is very easily accessible, where they see like a preteen basketball-playing mutant, uh, and he's like thinking, "Wow, one day maybe I'll have a daughter that'll play basketball and break the glass on the um on the hoop."
0: Nice, <laughs> well, done. <laughs> well done.
4: I don't know why I thought of that um that scene when this happened, but all of a sudden, some great game participant named Polestar shows up to capture the kid whose name is Nolan, since he's the only successful test subject of evil pharmaceutical. But Nightwatch shows up to save the day. And even more 90s madness happens when Black Bull randomly shows up to play. Night- I'm sorry. Nightwatch has- oh, yeah.
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> we'll get to that one. But, yeah, he- he's called Black Bull half the time and then, like, another name the other time. So I just I just did the Black Bull the first one because it was, you know, more politically correct. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, we'll see on that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For a second, for a moment I thought that
3: was Bishop from the X-Men. He looks like him. No?
4: So, Nightwatch is tag teamed and seemingly killed, and then Polestar is betrayed, you know, as he's like, all right, high five, Black Bull. We did this together. Hey, why is that gun pointing at my. Ball? So, um, the scene he's ends. Dead there. Wrong. Yeah, we're reminded that it's the 90s because over at the Daily Grind, Devin wants to hear Howard Stern. And Ben sees Betty's front-page story about the two uh, dead great game participants and the kidnapped mutant boy. Nights out Peter for ben. Night
5: Watch. That's not very sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm dead. I, I, I could see Betty
4: like, like I got it, Nights out for Night Watch. Yes, well, I was up all night, but I finally came up with the perfect headline.
0: Hey, uh, here's the best part of that scene. Freaking, freaking buzz goes, what traumatic event occurred in your past life? That makes you so adverse to reading a newspaper. Get it? Huh? Huh? Peter then busts
4: in, like, Tom Welling from Smallville to yell at Ben that this is all his fault.
5: Uh, Ben, I know you're behind this.
4: If you watch, like, the later seasons of Smallville, like, Lex would always be, like, seen in his study. And, like, Tom Welling would, like, throw open the doors, like, Lex, this is all your fault! Plot of the week! So Ben has to remind him, like, dude, secret identities. Can we take this outside? So uh, Peter like yells at him like, ah, people are dead and it's all your fault because you didn't, because you couldn't be in every place at once. So Ben agrees to investigate Jones Meyer. When he shows up, um, Cardiac is attacking him for his involvement. So when he shows up, there uh, Cardiac is attacking him for his involvement in the game and kidnapping. And uh, oh, oh, okay. When I say um, he, he's showing up at Jones Meyer's office, and, jo- and Jones is being attacked by Cardiac, um, I should say. Uh, so Jones Meyers paramour <laughs> attacks attacks Cardiac, and he hits her, which causes Spider-Ben to baffinly throw shade at Peter by saying, like, huh, dating a woman, did you just find out you were a clone or something? Like... <laughs> oh, I am the one, the one, the one. <laughs> That, that, that's a funny meta reference but why in universe would Ben joke about that like
3: <laughs> yeah is he pissed at Peter right now
0: he, he must be really pissed like, to, to like is <laughs> yeah, like that should be like that should be like the one thing that you don't mention around Peter be like so Peter hit his wife hey <laughs>
3: well to be fair he didn't mention it around Peter
2: yeah,
4: that's true sure. <laughs> Cardiac and Ben battle before taking you know before talking it out because like Ben is like cardiac come on you know me by now spider-man he's like yeah i sure do because we had all those team-ups and stuff so ben lets cardiac get away and he investigates an address that he found in one of the jones meyer documents and comes across joystick at yet like another office building and she's like you killed my sponsor and my or no or my sponsor for the game is missing and i know you're behind it and you're not fighting back so i'm getting out of here because this book is getting really complicated, and Ben's like, "Oh no, I forgot about my date with Betty." And uh, <laughs> Betty, um, something's never
5: changed. Yeah,
2: but
4: but, but of course, um, Betty's actually uh, canceled the date because she's um, you know she just witnessed two people die and a kid get kidnapped. That's not a time to go out. No, just kidding. If Betty's thirsty. She'll go out on the date anyway. She's got a breast um, implant. She's, Yes. In fact, she's actually pretty happy about witnessing those two murders because, look, they got her her first byline. Look at it, Ben. Like, isn't this great? Child getting kidnapped, two murders? I'm going to be famous off of this. (laughs) She asks Ben to waste some time on their date together so they can visit Jonah and she could, like, you know, soak in the congratulatory atmosphere because, like, Jonah asked her to come by to congratulate her on the byline, which makes me wonder what the original plan for her date was. Um, Yeah. So they visit right. it because Joan, I guess, forgot to congratulate Betty on witnessing those murders. So we get to the country club where um, the collection of characters and their interactions broke me while I was writing this recap because I had to, like, stop. So to briefly sum it up, Jonah hates the way Ben dresses. Betty forgets that she's not a secretary and a waitress. George, <laughs> Vendril, and, George Vendril and Jones Meyer want to finance another Jonah monster. Marla has red comics, so she knows how that stuff turns out and says no. Justin Hammer's evil. Roger Kingsley is not dead, and he was in Belize the whole time. That's the that's that's the country club scene. Betty and Ben head outside to make out, and Betty does every man's turn on by saying, "Oh, you're oh, this reminds me of when I used to date your cousin." You know, like a uh, great thing to say on a date. Uh, she's so thirsty that she doesn't see Rocket Racer and the Prowler fighting like literally like right above her. Man, I would think that they'd be making some noise. Ben is a little less thirsty than he is, so, like, you know, he does see them, but continues making the biggest mistake of his life anyway, and I'm not talking about Clone <laughs> Conspiracy. <laughs> oh, Prowler, and, Prowler and Rocket Racer, are, it turns out that they're fake fighting for the game when Black Bull shows up and launches an actual rocket at them. Hobie shields the Rocket Racer's body, and um, he. we cut to the hospital, and he's in a coma because, like, he shielded, you know, him all. Spider-Man checks up on them in the hospital. He's like, it's my fault. I, I, I would have come, but I was too busy. And he, like, stops himself, sort of saying, you know, busy making out. <laughs> um, but anyway, it turns out that their plan was they were going to fake this fight so they could split the winnings from the great game. So Spidey goes out to check out who their sponsor is, only to discover that he's already dead When from, like, a gunshot wound. When, like, conveniently someone walks in like, oh, Spider-Man, someone dead of a gunshot wound. You're responsible, but luckily that scene is like subverted by Spider-Man saying, Dude, I don't even have a gun. This isn't my style. Of course I didn't kill him. So I'm glad that we don't have to go through that. So they look on the computer, and they get a list of sponsors, and one name upsets Ben, which makes us cut to the black bull who has Jonah in his crosshairs, and he ponders whether he's going to kill Jonah before or after he and Marla do some uh, spider-slaying, if you know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> oh, God. Even see, worse than that. See,
4: he almost seems to get off by watching, which is weird too. He's like, "Oh yeah,
0: let's oh, see, yeah. let's see you do." No, but here's the here's the line that he he says, "Let's see your impression of John and Jackie." Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> oh.
5: like, he, he's what? like the monarch
0: spying on, on a
5: venture into his wife. <laughs> yes, I <laughs> yeah, get he, that.
4: He, he, yeah, put out that cigar. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh yeah,
5: more tongue.
4: this makes his name
6: this makes his name even more uncomfortable by the way
5: christ's Uh, sake
4: so now everybody shows up cardiac you know is like shows up to stop this joystick shows up and chance you know you remember chance right no well so did the writer of this issue so chance is here it's a mess and spider-man gets a confession from black bull about the murders and jones meyer is um as a result of this you know um Uh, Jones-Meyer is arrested, and the basketball kid is, you know, returned off panel. But um, they can't get um, Black Bull because Chance, like, gets away with him. So Chance brings the Bull to Justin Hammer, who was pulling the strings the entire time and seemingly kills the Black Bull. Peter and Ben both apologize for acting out of character and bemoan the fact that Hobie will be paralyzed for the rest of his life.
5: No, they Uh, don't. don't. They're like, oh, well.
4: (laughs) Well, they talk about it for a second. And they're like, Yeah, he's gonna be paralyzed, so you must do so you know who you have to go in comfort, the real victim in all of this. Betty which Peter gives his blessing for. Ben finds Betty crying on the park bench. She's really upset about those two murders she saw. No, just kidding. She's actually upset about, you know, Uh, child being kidnapped. No, she's upset about Hobie Brown being never able to walk again. Nope. What she's upset about is Ken Ellis got the front page and not her. That means that it's been one whole day since poor Betty got the front page. She's convinced that her career is over and then she's to her pity party. Like, she's, I got the front page yesterday, but Ken Ellis got it today. Nobody's having a worse day than me, not Hobie Brown. (laughs) not Polestar, not Kevin <laughs> Nolan, nobody. <laughs> we get some weird exchange between them where like Ben's like, you just have to put your past behind you. Oh, Ben, do you really think we could? Nah, <laughs> like, which I did not get what the point of that was until like, I read the issue today. Like I, I read this book for like over 10 years and I just now realized like what he's talking about with that line and like why he says no. And I'll get to that later. Um, so Spider-Man goes to Jonah and tells him that he knows that like Jonah was actually sponsoring Spider-Man in the great game, which means that he's entitled to half of Jonah's ordnance and he wants them to be donated to Hobie Brown. The end.
0: This is why I wanted you to recap this issue. This is, <laughs> well done. This, well done. <laughs> well,
4: now,
0: thank you. <laughs> now, you, the one thing I am going to point out before we get to everybody's um, mm. thoughts, you kind of skipped over the dinner scene. But there was a, a bit of Jonah dialogue that I wanted to read out loud because this is so freaking meta. And when you sit there and think about it, <clears throat> uh, you, got, you got Kingsley, he's like, uh, believe me, the only sure way your business can regain its full glory is to sell the majority of your shares to the public. What? Sell the bugle? I'll never take the bugle public, Kingsley, because I know its long-term integrity would suffer under the corporate carnivore connivers like you who dreams up ridiculous schemes quote-unquote which only produce short-term gains that is a direct shot at the ownership of marvel (laughs) oh really really yes it's
6: all it's also a clever tease for what's coming down the line by the way
0: yes it is too yeah absolutely um (laughs) yeah absolutely when you but like when you read it with the context of, in the prism of that moment, dude, that is such a shot across the bow at the ownership of Marvel because they were doing everything they could for short-term gains. Think about it: all the gimmick covers—that's like you could t- you could print off that entire exchange and paste it today, and that's Marvel's corporate strategy on the publishing side. <laughs> the Mary Jane covers, as we speak. Exactly. I mean, it's it's. it's
4: Asinine. I love the it's... one where she's the Punisher. That's just so random that it's funny. Like, why is Mary Jane the Punisher? <laughs> I do like that. Or the, or the Vision. I
0: like the Vision one. Yeah. Mary Jane's the Punisher shooting Mephisto. That's not twisting the effing knife. All right. We're going to start. Josh, you're going last on this one. Uh, okay. Uh, we're going to start with uh, Gerard since he went last last.
6: Gosh, darn it to heck. Uh, <laughs> all oh, right. Uh, uh no 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 i'll go i'll go i don't it's weird that this is such a long issue but i don't really have a whole lot to say about it because come on of course it's terrible it's an unlimited <laughs> issue um the big problem here is that th- it's obvious that they just had to cram as much crap in here as possible because you know w- with the ending of the clone sign coming up we got to get all this off the table like like josh brought up like obviously this issue exists because they're like oh we better wrap up that whole great game thing before it's too late <laughs> Plus, they're they're trying to throw in some more of those hobgoblin suspects to set that up again. Yes, because because this issue has that. Kingsley, and uh, I think Vandergill is in it too. Yeah. And then uh, it also introduces the whole idea that the Daily Bugle is in financial trouble and it, it is susceptible to being bought out, which will come into play a little later after the Clone Saga. Uh, <laughs> but I wrote I wrote down in my notes here, just in all caps, here comes the 90s squad. Cause in this <laughs> issue we, we have Polestar, Night Watch, uh <laughs> Cardiac, Joystick, the Prowler, the Rocket Racer, Chance, and of course the horribly named Black Bull, which I'm still I'm still wondering if I should ever mention why his name is uncomfortable. Just do it, who <laughs> cares? This, this is not a fancy. El show. Toro
0: Negro. We, we okay, talked about I'll, this guy.
6: Well, I've, 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 I was—I think I tabled this before, but uh, I know Zach's going to edit this out because Zach doesn't like bringing up this kind of thing. But uh, if you're—if you're—if you consume your a lot of nice. pornography, yeah, if you're—if you've consumed a lot of pornography in your life, and the term <laughs> black bull means something completely different
0: to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Thank you, thank you. No, no need for any further elaboration. Okay. <laughs>
6: <laughs> this is a positive and a negative. I'm not quite sure what to make of it. But uh, Joe Bennett's artwork in this. Because <laughs> at times, it looks pretty nice in spots. But it's obvious that, you know, just the, cr- the crash of having to draw this many pages on whatever the deadline is probably killed him. Because it looks really sloppy in spots, too. And and I, I can almost see... Because he, he grew into being a, a really good artist, and, like, you can kind of see some of that in here, but most for the most part, it's just a sloppy mess. But I don't really blame him for that, it's mostly because the story is a sloppy mess.
5: Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's very of its time. It's very 90s-influenced.
6: Yeah. The whole Robbie scene, I oh my god, I, that made me uncomfortable, because it was like... <laughs> he was shot, like, he was almost cartoonishly shocked to see Peter and Spider-Man together <laughs> to like such an extent that it was like, all right, like Josh said, they're tipping their hand a little bit too much here. Um, Zach will appreciate this. I got a good laugh out of uh, Ben thinking that uh, pro wrestling is a shoot. <laughs> 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 By the mid nineties. Come on, Ben. That's just, wait, that's wait, just, wait,
3: wait, 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 wait. Wasn't Robbie at the trial? Robbie was at the trial. So it hasn't seen Spider Man and Peter together before? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Whoops. But even even then, like, there's been shades, like I'm telling you, Final Adventure, they were, it was like blatantly obvious that that Robbie was killing the story that Ken Ellis was doing simply to protect Peter's identity. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> that was uh Fabian Netzia. Mr. Netsiava. Oh, yeah. n- hey,
4: Spider-Man, I'm going to meet my cousin downstairs in the cafeteria.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, the Jonah whoopee cushion scene's awesome. I mean, that that <laughs> the web whoopee cushion, man, that's awesome. Man, I've <laughs> seen better.
6: Yeah, that's been done before better. Um,
0: well, bet, okay, think about this. If you're, bet, you're yeah. just reading this in the 90s for the first time, like I, when I picked it up off the, off the stand, that's like one of my first exposures to like a Spider-Man
4: Again. I you
0: were gonna say to a cushion. I'm
6: not- <laughs> <laughs> uh, the whole thing with Ben and Betty is just like laughable. <laughs> like, it is laughable. They
4: sh-
6: they, sh- they show up. Ben's like, hey, hey, look at that hot piece of. ass. Hey, you want to go on a date, Betty? She's like, sure, why not? He's like, all right, I'm gonna go buy some condoms right now. And just like leaves. It's, like- <laughs> it's almost like he doesn't know who she is. <laughs> yeah, it's like what's going? And, like we've met once before, briefly. Sounds good to me.
4: <laughs> like, I stalked and, and then, you. I
0: stalked you when I was Scarlet a Spider. My
4: mind moments in the, um, uh, from <laughs> at the beginning of the Clone Saga. Yes, remember uh, when he was the Scarlet Spider? Like she doesn't know that that was
0: him, but like he knows that that was her. Yeah, like That's what? What that, the hell's he going was, on? He was stalking her whenever the, the the Grim Hunter was going around trying to hunt him. You know, whatever. <laughs> See episode
4: whatever of the podcast, you know, from years ago.
0: That would be, uh, like... oh God, that was probably, like, four or five? Episodes four, four and five? Uh, I'll go look. Close! It was six and seven. Um, but, uh,
6: uh... Boy, the plot of this was really hard to follow because the great game and the business stuff don't mesh well together at all. No. <laughs> like, pick one! <laughs> like... I might have been able to understand what was happening if it was one or the other, but putting them both together and crisscrossing them was a disastrous idea. <laughs> the only thing I really got out of it was the whole daily bugle being bought out. And that's because I know it happens later. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I couldn't I, I honestly couldn't follow the rest. And, like, Josh tried his best, and even then he had to skip over half of it just to, just to try to write
4: it. I just gave up, like, halfway through, I was like, oh, my God. And then, because then, like, Chance has her own businessman, and then, like, Jones-Meyer was really working for Hammer, and then, like, okay. Oh,
6: and let's not even forget that, uh, apparently, a Joystick in her day job is working at that company that, that Ben goes to their building, where he just finds her there. It's so hard to miss, but if you look, uh, her name is on one of the doors, and she's, like, the director of marketing or something. <laughs> What's her real name? Uh, Janice uh, something Polish. <laughs> 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 Actually, no, to be just fair, you can't, can... see the whole, you can't see the whole name on the door. I just remember it from, like, looking it up <laughs> a while back. But, like, it's a <laughs> Polish name, I believe. But, like, the point is, like it doesn't even come up in the story, I don't think, right? Like, it, it, the only reason that's there is to explain why she's at the building when Spider-Man shows up. I
5: didn't even catch that. It,
6: so, yeah, exactly! So, like, you can miss... And, and, like, that's critical to the story to explain why she's there. But you, just, it's a one-panel, like, brush-off explanation. Like, what? <laughs> There's a lot of that in this issue. So, yeah, it was a complete mess. And also, it, it did kind of make me sad because this is the end of an era. The, the death of one of the most important characters in comic book history. Nightwatch. I, I, I want to I get into
5: that. <laughs> I want to I get into that. Uh, a- actually, all
6: kidding aside, this is actually the, the last appearance of Nightwatch until like three years ago or something when they retconned the hell out of his entire origin story and stuff.
5: Yeah.
6: Because they can't leave well enough alone, so apparently he wasn't Night Watch at all, and it was some kind of like impossible. It, it's it makes it makes no sense at all. Look it up. Cause I can't even explain it. Oh, I but did. Yeah, this is <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I think you're gonna have the explanation then, or at least attempt it. Yeah. I'll leave that. I'll leave that to you. So yeah, this is uh, this is pretty bad. <laughs> um, oh man. Uh, I, I kind of just don't want to give it an F just on principle, but why not? This
5: is an F.
0: <laughs> why not? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, before we get to Don's explanation, let's get Greg's thoughts just real quick. What's there to really say about this? I mean, I'll
3: admit it. This is my first time actually reading the issue because I, I missed this when it came out in the 90s because it was unlimited and unlim- unlimited wasn't very good. I mean, they only brought unlimited out to bookend Maximum Carnage, I believe.
0: Yes. But then it became and, like a uh, like a showcase for uh, Ron Lim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like yeah. a gross,
6: It was a quarterly thing that they were doing at the time because they also had an uh, X Men limited.
3: Yeah, believe those two that were regular. And I mean, the, the plot was very hard to follow, and the great game was so memorable. I mean, I've been on this
0: podcast and listen
3: this podcast since the beginning, also, and I don't remember the great
0: game. Well, it was only it only showed up in the uh, it showed up in the Scarlet Spider months. So there's that. So I'm it was it was like that. a sub, it was a subplot of, of um, cyber war.
3: Oh no! <laughs> I mean, considering all the subplots that got dropped over the years, would anyone have missed this one?
0: It also got was a subplot in the uh, Return of Cain yeah. story.
6: Yeah. Honestly, the only great game contestant that matters at all, I think, is Joystick because I think she's the only one that's been used since, right? Yeah,
3: really. Because
6: yeah. <laughs> she was one of the Thunderbolts for a while. That's right, oh, she yeah.
3: was. Although for a moment there, I confused her with, what's her name? Screwball from the slot run.
6: Oh my god. I forgot you know all about her at the park.
4: Do you know that Screwball is only in it for the hits?
2: <laughs>
4: really? Only I, in it for,
5: I remember
2: 2009.
4: They don't mention it every time she appears and on every page she appears, but she's only in it for the hits, just so you know. The yeah. writers forget to bring that up.
3: And I did enjoy the scene of the club, and the first time I heard about that was when I was reading J.R. Fettinger's review of uh, – no, it's Hobgoblin essays when he was discussing where Roderick Kingsley had been. I'm like, oh, I never read that issue, and I never really thought about it again. But oh, here you see them setting up the suspects or setting up Norman Osborne. and did Roderick – I mean, uh, did uh, Roger Stern tell anybody that Kingsley was Hobgoblin yet at this point? Probably not. No.
0: um, no, that, he, no. he,
4: he, he, say, he said that when he pitched the series, they made him tell. Bob Goblin, yeah. lives. they said, You have to finally tell us who he is now, so he did. That's yeah, what he so, said in the
0: introduction.
3: And I was well looking here, and maybe this is just me bringing what I know has come into it, but Kingsley looks so effing evil.
0: Um, yeah, I think so. Also, that was done as a favor. A lot of this, like even bringing uh, Melkin in. La- Minkin. 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 Greg Weisman. Uh, it, even bringing in Greg Weisman uh, for the cameo of of last issue that we just covered actually was all done to set up Goblin Lives. This was all done as a favor. It felt like live. it was. Yes, it yeah. was that. That was deliberate. It was done. Compl- this the scene here and, and that scene there. Were both deliberately done to set up pop-up. This. This wasn't he also the issue had. To...
4: to do it, and there's already too many people.
6: Yeah, because um, th- didn't we get uh, Jacob Conover a couple of, like a couple episodes ago?
1: Yeah, showing
6: up. Well,
5: he was fired <laughs> uh, in a, the, the, big... the vowing revenge. Like, yeah, <laughs> you'll be sorry. <laughs> and,
6: I, and I believe we also got the uh, the the senator. What what was his name? Uh, Vanderbilt.
3: Uh, Vanderhill.
4: Vanguard was in I forget his name, but I know he was talking
3: about. What yeah, about yeah, the, that, um, the fat guy.
4: Google, what about that Butyl, bugle Con, uh, columnist? Oh, Conover? Well, he did. Now yeah. revenge. But
2: he couldn't be the hobgoblin.
4: He's in journalism! Let's go, boys! Revenge, of course! (laughs) And
3: Vandergill's the waspiest looking guy who's ever been in a Spider-Man comic, and that's saying something. That is saying something.
6: (laughs) By by the way, I I think we do have to correct one misconception, though. If I'm not mistaken, when uh, Tom DeFalco took over for Stern, I think Stern told DeFalco that he he had planned for Kingsley to be the hobgoblin. But didn't DeFalco make it
5: it, then leads?
6: Well, Ru- no, no. no but he... if, if I remember correctly what happened was he told DeFalco and DeFalco said okay I'm not gonna use that I'm gonna go
3: somewhere else with it I read the trade when Roger Stern wrote his mem- memories while all always said what's he gave DeFalco a name he didn't yeah, say which I think, name I think DeFalco
4: did say that like that that he heard it was Kingsley but like I don't know if he means heard after Hobgoblin lives or before so like it is kind of vague after the but, comic um, was published you
3: know. <laughs> We, we should do a hopgoblin lives podcast at some point. Really should.
4: All three episodes. <laughs> then there's a lot of Betty in there. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, yes. there is. Oh, yes, you, there is. You should ask her
6: you should ask her. Her husband was the hobgoblin.
2: you ah! monsters. <laughs> oh, You're monsters.
4: Yeah, we're on friends on for that one. Like, <laughs> that, yes! that, that's a really that that's a really good comic. That's one of my favorite
5: Spider-Man comics ever. No lie, that's one of the best Spider-Man stories. That's one, so underrated. Yeah. Uh, well, ta- we'll be, so, uh...
4: Spider-Man Unlimited.
3: Yeah, who was talking? Yeah. <laughs> we should do a. We should totally do a Hobgoblin Lives podcast at some point. <laughs> I mean, yeah, all three episodes. But um, aside from that, I just none of the characters in this thing are memorable. I mean, is this Night the last? Last appearance really? No. <laughs> yes and no yes and no. Don will have to well, get into it. But
4: he's not the same Night Watch that was in that Night Watch comic that Greg Wiseman did, right? What?
3: <laughs> <laughs> what well, again, yes and no. <laughs> just just leave it at that for now. All
0: right, it's complicated.
3: So- okay. And um I mean the art wasn't that great. I suppose I, I like the country club scene, the Betty stuff was beautifully insane, as as Josh pointed out to us, and um, I like Jameson screaming in yellow text. That was funny. But aside from that, there's really nothing here. Oh, and that's something else I wanted to get into. I mean, why does Ben need Peter's blessings to go on a date with Betty? Yeah, they weren't married! (laughs) Also, as far as they're concerned, Ben is the original, so Ben was the one who was actually dating her and being abused by her. Oh, God, that's
5: actually a very good point. Yes, it's not like you know Peter has has dibs on Betty. He's married. She
4: it, it's because it's it's because it's Peter's friend and it's someone from Peter's life.
0: But Ben knows so, like, know who you know. she is. Okay, but
3: Betty Brandt is no one's friend. <laughs>
0: <Fair enough. laughs> all right. All right bro code stipulates, I can't believe I'm getting into this, bro code stipulates if, even if you are a clone of somebody, that you, you still have to, you know, consult with that, <laughs> oh, clone that written before, down? <laughs> yeah. the, bro, the bro code covers clonage. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Barney Stinson was that extensive. Yeah. yeah okay, you
4: know, okay. he, 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 alternate theory, Peter is still um, uh, salty at Ben, so he's giving Ben his blessing as a way to sabotage Ben's life. <laughs> goes, sure you can date betty have fun he like goes home to mary jane and have like, fun I just, riley I just, I, just, I just told ben that had to go out on a date with betty peter you did it you call him back and call it off right now oh, oh, i mary can't jane. it's already too late uh, they, they, they finished their date 10 minutes ago <laughs> <laughs> and then like, I, they look outside
5: the window, and I bet he's like, Why? I never. Anyway, well, <laughs> you should sometimes.
3: Alright. But this issue was just cluttered all over the place. I mean, I didn't even hate the damn thing. It was just. It was cluttered and unmemorable.
0: So, what's your grade? Uh. D. Plus. D. Plus. Alright. Donovan, explain to us what happened with my watch! uh alright look um first
5: of all like like, like this guy he, I remember first seeing him in Maximum Carnage um yeah. I was like oh it's that guy I thought he was like a Night Thrasher from Round Robin but he's another black hero that no one remembers from Marvel um the thing with him but I, I, I actually do think it's interesting is that like his origin story is like seeing himself die I'm not going to get into the whole thing but like basically this guy Kevin Trench he first sees future Nightwatch like die in front of him and then like you know Hijinks happen where, like, you know, he eventually becomes Nightwatch. He's trying to, you know, outrun his own death, but eventually he knows he has to die or whatever. Um, he's supposed to be, like, dead, or, or at least implied to be dead, before the storyline. And in this issue, he just shows up to get, to get shot point blank. It's 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 a clear case of, like, the writers not knowing or caring that he had a comic book.
4: <laughs> A great game villain, no less. <laughs> what a way to go out. Right, because he had his own series.
0: <laughs> Remember? No, no, no. <laughs> Yes, it was the, I remember. Do, cause in the '90s, everybody had a miniseries.
6: I was gonna say it was the '90s. Friggin' Solo had a series.
0: As God, Access, he did. Or, NX had a friggin' miniseries. Access from DC versus Marvel had a miniseries Two, In fact, well, that a, a miniseries is one thing,
5: but like an ongoing is, is another.
3: Didn't Solo have another miniseries wait, wait, recently? Let, let,
5: let, let, let's, let's
0: that's hit... where
3: I was.
5: That, that's
6: where I was
3: going with
5: this, but you guys cut
6: me off where I could make the joke.
5: Like, let's give Poe Dameron an ongoing series, even though he was like in ten minutes of a movie. Or I guess 20 But like, it, you, you don't need any reasons anymore. But like, uh, um, but the thing is, like, like, this guy has his own, like, like, the whole, the woman and her child are like from his comic book, like the, um, the Morells. Oh, they are. Yeah, like, they're, they're, like, like, like that woman was like his ex girlfriend, and like the son, like they were supporting characters from his comic book. So he shows up to save them, and then he dies, and then like it becomes a Spider-Man story. It's really it's, it's got, it, you know I'm not saying that That's like, so cool. Yeah this guy kind of deserved better at least for his own ongoing arc and also it was to, his storyline was, was already supposed to have ended so why is he here what could have been night thrasher um so that happened um, well, night thrasher could get
0: killed oh wait he, he got killed
5: Oh yeah in civil war um, I yeah. believe um yes. this is this <laughs> is just whatever I mean I, I don't I don't like, gleefully hate this as much as everybody else does I'm not saying <laughs> it's good but it's one of those 90s comics I, 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 you know, I, 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 as soon as I saw, like, you know, the cover where Jameson, Jameson's like, you know, let's get ready to rumble, I, I grabbed my popcorn and just, like, you know, kind of sat back and, like... Is that uh, supposed to be Jameson? Because, like, it's. It, yes, it, it, looks it's like, it looks like Jameson after a round
4: of, like, you know, uh, chemo or something.
5: <laughs> hey, he's Jameson from, from the new Spider-Man Adventures in the 1997 series. <laughs> well done. Um, I, 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 honestly, I'm not, I'm trying not to take too long, but I, I do have a lot of kind of comments on this. one so I'm gonna kind of go through it. First of all, and you guys wanted to explain this to me, who who, who dressed up this random guy as a Spider? So he get killed by a black bull? Like, who, like how did that the happen? The black
0: bull did that. That was that was that was the whole
5: point. That was the whole oh, setup. So, so he was faking killing the Scar of Spider because he couldn't find him. Cause it's, yes, it's obviously the spider Spider's been. So that, that whole thing... the,
6: the the point of the great game is they're killing heroes. So he's trying to cheat to get extra points by kill by dressing someone up as a hero and killing them. Uh, okay.
5: But
4: according yes. to Ben Riley, there's nothing illegal about killing people in the streets.
5: <laughs> Pro wrestlers
4: do it all the time.
5: So I thought that so, is, so this is this where Scar Spider in New York is like killed off. So wasn't that established. That like Scar Spider had died, or
0: no, oh, he was a villain, right? Right, right. he he was a villain. Okay, so this is technically, this is the third Scarlet Spider. You have Ben Riley, you have Joe Wade, who is in Nightmare on Scarlet, also in Spectacular Spider-Man. Very meta-reference, because we just talked about that. Uh, And then this guy. And then Kane, and then Kraven the Hunter. Well, technically, and then MVP in the Dan Slott uh, Initiative, Avengers Initiative. Oh gosh,
5: that's
4: right, I forgot about that.
0: And then Kane... And then <laughs>
5: Scarlet Spider Seven, yeah, the twenty
3: seventh clone or whatever it was. Ben twenty seven, yeah.
5: Um, okay. Anyways, um, uh, Joe Bennett. I like Joe Bennett's artwork. It's it's not the most dynamic looking stuff, but it's kind of strong. He's got a strong uh, way for figures. So I kind of, I'll give you his pencils a slide here, but the coloring is really bad. Um, I reference how how overtly dark. Uh, Robbie looks, I mean, because there's a the thing about, like, black skin, no matter how, un- unless you are, like, like from, like, the Sudan or Darfur or p- parts of Africa, if you're American, you're not going to look so dark that you people can't tell what facial expressions you're making. I just thought that he was, like, like, it was a bit too much, and, like, even before that scene, when you have the, um, the coroner or whatever this woman is, like, she's supposed to be Asian, she's straight up colored yellow. <laughs> Co- <No>. What? <white>. Oh. <laughs> like, 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 in 1990, we're like in 1996, right? Like, Come, yeah, on,
6: yeah. Come on, guys! It's not just Rob- it's not just Robbie either. Later on, like all, like there are a couple other black characters show up. They're all like really dark too. It's like what the hell? There's a there's, there's a, a lot, lot of colors. black characters
5: in this in this
4: issue. You have, you have night- <laughs> that reminds me of like the Steve Ditko days where like all the black people in the background were like pitch black. <laughs>
6: like, like, oh they- well, well, I, well he inked them like super dark. Like, it was crazy.
5: Like they were they weren't even brown. They were like black. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got in this. You have Night Thrasher. Rocket Racer, Prowler, Robbie Robinson, um I think one, one of other. It's a, it's a pretty, uh, they, like, they really utilize the the POCs in this issue, to, to not great effect. Um,
0: <laughs> I was about to say, uh, yeah. half of them get maimed, or injured, or lose hearing in one of their Yeah, or, or
5: paralyzed, okay. and, and Peter Ben like, you know, it's all as well that ends well. Because I remember, yeah. I, I remember Hobie being paralyzed in this time, I remember reading comic book, like, like a year later, and seeing Peter visit him, I think it was during yes. Sensational. And that was, was like, a how
0: that Yeah, because uh, there was a second prowler running around. Yeah, and and Peter was trying to clear his name.
5: Also, at the same time in DC Comics, John Stewart got paralyzed uh, as a Dark Star in uh, Green Lantern, and he wouldn't hit his legs back until the final night, which would have been like I think a year after this. Uh, but nobody cares. Um, all right, the great game. I mean, well, actually, for, <laughs> first of all, Ben and Betty. Um, why is Ben acting like such a like you know? bombshell at 3 o'clock, it's like I, I don't know about you guys, but I never saw Betty Brant as like, you know, this like va-va-voom bombshell, even though she is drawn like this she <laughs> is. I was so, just gonna
6: say, to be fair there is a Brazilian man drawing this issue <laughs> Oh, I didn't know that
5: Joe Bennett was Brazilian um, Yeah, yeah
6: jo- uh, Joe Bennett is a uh, pen name
5: uh, Oh, okay <laughs> Might
1: as well get Al Rio in on this Joe
5: <laughs> Benicio <laughs> No, 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 his
6: name is actually uh, Benedito Jose Nascimento
5: Oh, okay. oh, I mean, look, in, in the, look um, at you! In the uh, <laughs> in, in like in like Betty's second panel, like she has an ass like Nicki Minaj, just like sticking out away from her body, and like she's always in these like very kind of hey, tight in, dresses. In Texas, we
0: call that a badonk, a donk. <laughs> she saw Peter going
4: downstairs to the lunchroom, and she's like, "Mary Jane's not here at last. Now's my chance!" And she like changed from her, like, office clothes to her, like, you know, going out clubbing clothes and, like, she patted her butt with, like... It know, is, like, clubbing
5: and... clothes, yeah. I mean, she can wear whatever she wants, but, obviously, but, like, it's, like, she's just going to work in a newspaper, like, why is... Or, I know she's a reporter, but, like, honestly... like oh, nobody can take
4: me seriously Her, her legs are always, like, so, oh. like, <laughs> tightly
5: drawn together. It's, just, it's kind of amusing. Because um, I, I don't know if all the other women are drawn like that. But, like, yeah, like, these guys, Polestar just gets, like, brained in the face. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, like with no effect. Like, and the, and the artwork does get crazy. Like, when when Peter jumps at the guy, Peter he turns into a giant. He's like, "We want to play games. You want to get nuts?"
0: And like, Peter grows like giant man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's such a life alien like panel. Yeah, I mean, that's like the most life alien panel that you could think of in this issue. And then you I see mean- like like
5: a like, like night thrasher, and like his his like his elbows and his knees are all bent up in the midair as though he can do that. Like he's so like. It's a very Todd Frog kind of thing. And yeah, Black Bi- Bi- was like a, a bishop. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then you get all this crap about, you know, like, 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 Ben, how could you? Because you were here, Night Thrasher, a guy I legit fought with, fought with side by side, and the match with Carnage is dead. And then Ben's like, now what's really bothering you, Peter? I know you wouldn't care about some guy dying. Okay, I just <laughs> feel like it's my fault. It's like, no! I thought that was a legitimate reason he was annoyed. Like, like, like really? Oh, g- comic book. Um, <laughs> From now on, no one dies. Yeah, pretty much. Um, what? Jo- joystick as a character I kind of want to like more because, like, I, I don't know, she kinda, she's kind of like a fun design. But this whole thing about, you know, like, oh, I really did beat him before, didn't I? That, that felt rather kind of like infantile. I, I, it's, it's like, why is that a plot point? That's her sub point. Like, I, I must have beaten him. <laughs> Otherwise, I couldn't have, or something. because well, we needed a, we needed an F plot after the
4: A plot, the B plot, the C plot, the D plot, and the E plot.
5: Yeah, is is, is, is Ben Gordon really try to care about that? Um, actually, you, yeah, I, I, th- I said I didn't mind this issue, but there's a lot of really not dumb things going on. You know, the artwork gets crazy near the end. With like, like Chance shows up because no one asked. Cardiac shows up. Um, Black Bull. All these guys. All these guys are in the mid air. Everyone's in mid air, just like reaching at everybody. I know, you know, we all love Kirby, but come on, guys, it show, shows some restraint. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it was just... Uh, and, and, like again, like, you know, more like, I, I've seen a lot of like superhero callousness lately. First on The Flash, and now that's where it's like, you know, you know, when the homie almost died, I realized exactly how you felt. Oh, yeah, Hobie Brown, how's he doing? He's paralyzed. <sighs> anyway, I don't know if we should feel better. Um, hilarious article by Betty Brant, or, or something like that. Um, <laughs> <or> whatever. <laughs> And and this whole thing about Jameson sponsoring Sp- Spider-Man and the Great Game, I thought that was kind of like, I, I, maybe I maybe we should read it again. I'm not going to, but like, why did you do that? I guess to make money. Money. Whatever. Isn't he supposed to be like, like perma rich? Oh, here's the thing.
0: Sometimes I uh, like to gamble, and uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what this, 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 I, have to su- I have to support my second family Marla must never know about them
5: <laughs> you know this, this issue is actually dumb as hell um, I, I, I didn't dislike <laughs> it but but like as I went through it I'm like yeah this this, this one like like made no sense
0: alright so what's your f- grade
5: um I'll give it a D plus because I had fun with it then. D plus yeah. alright
3: the funny thing is if this was written today the great game a bunch of Millionaires betting on killing heroes. It would start out as a book that was supposed to be contained in Spider Man universe, then they would then some editor would say, Hey, let's make it a company wide crossover where people are trying to kill all the major Marvel heroes, and then no one would buy it, and Marvel would tell us that we just don't understand their vision.
6: <laughs> well, you're forgetting the critical element. If this was written today, the, the evil businessmen are trying to kill all the heroes would actually be the good guys in the story. <laughs> that is also true.
5: And Tony Stark would be on the businessman's side.
2: <laughs> exactly,
4: Here, oh. It's simple economics. We must, we must, we must let all these people kill each other.
0: <laughs> all right, so I'm going to give my thoughts. Normally, I do the, I, I'm the closer, but we're going to let Josh be, have the honor of closing. So I, I enjoyed this issue for the stupidity, but uh, since nobody's done it and Gerard will enjoy it, let's get ready to rumble. Hey
5: Macarena.
6: <laughs> you know Michael Buffer used to get paid like a hundred K just to do that once a night. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. That was like
6: low that was like the low end too. Oh
0: dude he, he We'll have okay. Obviously we we gotta insert Michael Buffer here. Tonight, We are going to witness The most anticipated match in the
3: history of professional wrestling. For the heavyweight championship of the world. Are you ready?
4: Wrestling fans, are you
2: ready?
3: the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world from the capital city of the united states of america
4: washington dc ladies and gentlemen uh, let's
2: get ready to rumble (laughs) all right
4: so (laughs) what would happen if like he showed up and he like he, he screws it up. He's like, let's get ready to rank it.
0: Hey. <laughs> like... Here's the uh, problem. Well, if, Brett... you ever,
6: if, if you ever watched WCW in the late 90s, he did screw up every time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, he never could get anybody's name right.
6: <laughs> Brett the Hitman Clark, anyone?
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't he screw up Goldberg's name,
6: too? I'm sure he did.
0: Yeah. Now, his brother... Interestingly enough, is actually the the announcer for the UFC. Yes, Bruce Buffer. A little bit of tidbit: uh, they are brothers, and they but they didn't meet until almost thirty. Uh, one was thirty years old, and so they've become business partners. And actually, uh, Michael is managed by his brother Bruce. Bruce Buffer. So and he's a little more savage.
1: He has a little
0: more growl, and his and his Buffers we, is more we, we, radio announcer. Right <laughs> We know
6: way too much about this, but we should probably move on now.
0: Anyway, but uh, I, here's the thing. When I was a kid, I liked this issue. But now that I... Now know, that you're a man. Now that I've grown up, um, this issue's terrible, man. Uh, <laughs> that, this is like, the plot jumps around so stinking much that you're going... <laughs> you, you almost get whiplash. The scenes with Betty... Are entertaining enough, but I like I, I I did a you know when I when I finally got all the all the Clone Saga trades, I went and did a complete Clone Saga read through, and I got to this issue. and I'm like I I remember enjoying this issue so much more when I was a kid, and then I realized oh that's right because you're an adult now and well you've read a lot more stuff because I'm thinking back then I hadn't read a whole lot of Spider Man you know I'm still in my infancy of, of being a Spider Man fan. And uh, there's a lot worse issues than this one, but uh, the positives. I agree with Gerard. Joe Bennett's artwork is either really good or really bad. Yeah, like like the cheesecake factor aside, the the, the the way Ben and Peter looked in the lunchroom. I liked that. I liked how I liked how they he drew Peter's and Ben's like face facial expressions and things like that. Uh, I liked a little bit of the banter between the two of them in the lunchroom but then like for some reason like i guess they're making peter and ben have this unrealistic conflict that doesn't reflect any of the other any of the other uh titles at the time like like they're 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 chums like when we get to revelations they're they're good buddies and like i don't know why there has to be this conflict in this issue um, the Betty stuff is just ridiculous. The, the the '90s. I mean, this is probably the most '90s comic we've read in a while. I mean, the the way the artwork is styled. You know, I, I mentioned that the image influence definitely is there. The uh, you know, now having read Life of Riley and knowing and understanding the problems with with Marvel at the time, how meta that that scene is in in the in the Country Club is is very. Um, it's it's sort of illuminating, but it's like okay, yeah. Um, I also then went back and looked who wrote this issue, and then I got flashbacks to uh, Donovan's Rage episode thirty three, brother.
3: Yeah, hey, listen to that again. It's been a long time. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we um,
3: referenced that in Spectacular Radio recently.
0: Yeah, yeah, we did. Oh no! And, <laughs> but literally, the same guy that wrote that that abortion of an issue uh, wrote this issue. And then I realized this is why this issue sucked. Like like this poor guy was tasked with having to, in both cases, think about this for a second. In both cases, he has to wrap up or come up or do continuity or something like that, where it's just so continuity heavy that the pot collapses on itself. This issue is entirely designed. Did you notice it was dedicated Tom DeFalco? Like, if I'm Tom Defalco, which is, I'm like...
6: which is which is weird because he's still alive to this day.
0: You're right. You're right. Yeah, I saw that. What,
4: what, okay, <laughs> in loving memory of Tom Defalco, <laughs> he was a good soldier. <laughs> it's like, it's
0: like, uh, like I, I kind of did a burr. Uh, like, why is this de- dedicated? To, oh, the only reason I can think of that it's dedicated to Falco is because he's the one that introduced the great game concept at the beginning. But it's like, he's not dead. <laughs> What? What is this? Poor Glenn Hurdling. So I all, I, as much as I want to be mad at the guy for writing this issue, I kind of feel sorry for him. And then we look at Betty Brandt, And Betty Brandt and Ben will never be together again. And she will never <laughs> cry over his death again. Oh, f- I, <laughs> all right. So to further elaborate on Betty Brandt. We're going to go to our closer to this particular uh, part of the uh, part of the show. Mr. Joshua Labbertoni, this is all you, brother.
6: Wait a second. Wait, oh. wait what, what are you giving this grade?
0: Ah! My <laughs> six-year-old self would give it a B, but my 29-year-old self would say, this is a D minus. <laughs>
4: okay, so where to begin with this issue? Uh... Kobe being paralyzed forever, uh, that, that that sure lasts because, um, you know, I'm reading the current books and he's, um, well, I was going to say alive. He was dead, but then it turned out he wasn't dead. That was that was also weird. But, you know, he had his legs in that, so yay for that. Um, I'm glad that Donovan told me that the basketball kid was, like, an existing character because that was really weird. If you're going to, like, like, Peter's at this pharmaceutical company and he, like, looks in the window and, like, he sees this, like, kid, and I feel like a bigger deal should be made about that. But then, like, after he's kidnapped, like, the rest of his story about, like, being rescued and recovered, like, it's, like, not mentioned that, like, he's some, like, amazing, like, Stretch Armstrong kid or, like, I don't know. I I feel like most of his journey was, like, in and off panel land and, like, nobody's, like, worried about this, like, missing child held captive throughout the issue. So, like, it was just really weird how it was, like, not brought up and how, like, Not a lot of attention was paid to the fact that, like, he's some sort of a mutant science experiment, like, from Indian Hill or something. Like, what the heck? So, okay, he's an existing character. That makes a little more sense, but, wow. Jonah playing the great game, I don't like that. Um, I know that Jonah's done stuff before, like, you know, as Marla mentioned, like, the scorpion, the fly, and, like, spider slayers. But this this is Jonah, like putting money into something that's, like, legitimately killing people and, like, secretly doing it, and, like, people died because of it. And yeah. and it's brushed under the rug and never mentioned again. Like, he's like, let's split the money, and he goes off. Um, and, and, even,
6: and even, maybe even more importantly, he's also putting a bunch of money he doesn't actually have this time, which, yeah. wh- I, I, which I guess was supposed to be the point was that he was getting desperate for cash.
4: I guess, but communicate that in the story somehow. Like, cause that that could be an interesting plot point, but unfortunately, there's, like, so many other plot points going on. Like, you know, is this the Great Game story? Is this the Jones-Meyer and Jonas uh, and Justin Hammer working together story? Is this the Peter and Betty story? Is this the Kevin Nolan story? Is this the Murder of Nightwatch story? Is this the, like, is this the joystick, you know, like, getting her confidence back story? Is this the Return of chance story? Is this... The cardiac story, Um, Kingsley showing back up, like, the reason why, like, we didn't see him for so long is because he was actually supposed to be dead, because the last time we see him is, like, after the whole Hobgoblin stuff was happening, um, when Ned Leeds was, like, quote-unquote revealed as the Hobgoblin, they did a two-part cleanup issue in Webb to kind of tie up all the Hobgoblin loose ends, and the Rose's men, like, burst into, like, Kingsley's office, and they shoot him. And, like, you see him, like, the next time you see him, he's, like, on the floor, seemingly dead, with, like, the two goons are still there, pointing, like, the gun at him. So he's either, like, already dead or about to be dead. And the Spider-Man, like, chronology books that came out after that, they, like, referenced him as, like, being killed there. So they later reckon that, oh, actually, that was Daniel Kingsley, and he was just shot in the arm. And the Rose's men let him off with a warning, for reasons. <laughs> so... Um, it, it it doesn't necessarily fit the best way it should, but, like, it is worth noting, like, Kingsley showing up here alive, like, no explanation, is, like, weird until you get to Hobgoblin lives and, like, they show you that actually he was just, you know, shot in the arm. So, uh, so much, so much going on here. Um, it is weird that, like, Ben Riley and Betty Brandt take two, technically take three if you count, like, the Lee Dicko days. Because, like, he, he doesn't – it's kind of, like, weird that, like, she doesn't realize that, like, she's dated him kind of twice before. Like, once as like, Peter Parker, maybe, depending on what the continuity is at the moment. And once, like, they had that flirtation when he was Scarlet Spider. And I'm, I'm actually a little creeped out that, like, he has knowledge of this and, like, she doesn't. And I think that's what he means at the end when, when like, that weird freaking exchange where it's, like, can you put the past behind you? no like or like oh Ben do you really mean to know it's like okay it's supposed to be a joke because he's like looking at Betty it's like well I guess I'm dating my first girlfriend all over again so like maybe that's why he's saying no um like but
5: that doesn't make any sense either
6: I was gonna say I I think I thought that was a tease for uh uh, Zach help me out here the story where uh oh my god I suddenly forgot the the one that was kind of a follow up to Lost Years what was it called again Redemption, yeah, isn't that like a kind of a callback to Redemption or call forward or whatever?
0: Yeah, sort of. I can see. I that. thought
6: that I thought it was a reference to that. Um, the thing is, I the thing is, I can't remember when Redemption comes out in in relation to this. Like,
0: uh, it comes okay in in the in the Clone Saga trades. It comes out in they put it in Epic Book Four, so it's in the previous Epic Book. Okay, it's not uh, this Book.
4: This is Spider-Man Unlimited issue what? Because I'm going to check by publication. Fourteen.
6: Fourteen.
4: Fourteen. Okay. Spider-Man nope.
6: Unlimited. I'm going to. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, 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 Redemption definitely was released first because next month is is Revelations. Right. But I'm, I'm saying, like, story-wise, I, I don't remember how soon before that it was supposed to have occurred. <laughs> I'm just fussy I'm just
0: on it in my head. I... I think it okay. The way they have it in the Clone Saga trade is like right after Jessica walks walks off stage left.
6: Okay, that's probably a little too early then for that to be a reference.
4: Right, ben, Ben's dating life was really busy because like he breaks up with Jessica, then um, um what's her name? Uh, Janine comes back and they have a thing for a little while. Then she goes away. Then he has that like non-date with uh, Desiree to see Wrenz, and then Betty happens. Like like that's a crazy week. <laughs> In the life of Ben Riley. um, Which, ben, ben is on his way out. Like, why put him with Betty, like, if nothing's going to come of it? Like, it's really weird. It's like, this issue, like, made a point of, like, it's not like they just went out on a date and then, like, that was it. Like, you can see that, like, they're getting, like, somewhat seriously, you know, like, with Peter giving the blessing and then, like, Sitting at the park together, and they've had a makeout session. Um, so it, it's just <laughs> weird that like Ben Riley's like this. This is Ben Riley's like final romantic form before he dies. Yeah, like he di- he dies as Betty Brant's like boyfriend, and it's really ah. weird.
6: If I had to guess, I would say this is an attempt to give Betty something to angst over after Revelations, but Which they either they for- but they either forgot or they never followed up on it, because it doesn't actually happen.
4: Now, and in fairness, there is a time skip after Revelations, but, like, when Betty watches Ben Riley die, she looks like bored to tears. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um,
4: and I remember, like, we were looking at that issue, and we were, like, debating, like, who's holding Devin's other shoulder? Is it Buzz or Shirley? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, like, and Betty, like, looks bored. To, and the next time you see Betty, like, after, like, revelations, it's her basically, like, like angsting over, like, Flash Thompson, you know? Like, oh, Peter, I'm having romantic problems. Should I date Flash again or not? Betty, we just buried my cousin, your last boyfriend. Aren't you going to move on? Who? <laughs> 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 uh, Riley. Name doesn't ring a bell. You guys were making out the day before he died. <laughs> Are you at least going to grieve for a little bit like you – Well, actually, you you didn't grieve with Ned, so, you know, fair point. Yeah.
3: Yeah. (laughs) You you know, there was a missed opportunity here. At the last page, when they're making out, Desiree should have walked up up, and she and Betty should have gotten in some kind of hissy fit with each other, just like the Ditko days with Liz and Betty.
4: (laughs) I, I would have jumped into the comic just to jump into that lake and drown myself. (laughs)
5: Like, <laughs> I'm gonna, what a sense. I am like,
2: Usku do, we could do, like, like Blue
6: Flip style. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. I'm going I'm to chalk this up to being a Wild Whip situation where they were trying to set something up and then they changed direction and never used it.
0: Wah, 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 wah. Um,
4: The other thing, too, like, the name Ben Riley means nothing to Betty after this because during the Peter David friendly neighborhood run, when Peter disguises himself and he uses the name Ben Riley and he like runs into Betty, he's like, "Oh, my name's Ben Riley." Betty's not like, "I dated a guy named Ben Riley. I watched him die." Oh, she's like, you know, she's just as her usual, like, "Yeah, whatever." You know, what like, what have you done for me lately, thing?
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah.
3: Well, it's Betty.
4: Um, I did enjoy like. In a weird way, like, for some reason, like, when she's like, I just don't want to be a secretary anymore, like, Jonah asks her to get a drink, and the way she's drawn, it's like, all of a sudden, like, she's, like, hypnotized, she's, like, walking away like a robot, like, (laughs) yeah, Jonah, like, like," it's as if he, like, he put, like, a trigger word in her, like, execute order 66, that, like, turns her (laughs) into a waitress, (laughs) like,
0: homecoming.
4: It's a weird touch, but I like it, oh, (laughs) well, I understood that reference. (laughs) Um, I'm looking at Crawl Space right now to see what I wrote about this issue when I did the Betty and Flash article and then um, during the scene at at the lunchroom I said, just look at her she can't wait to rub it in Peter's face interestingly enough, Betty has a past with Ben but she doesn't know it when Ben first came to town as the Scarlet Spider he and Betty had a brief flirtation in the costume Anxiety and then when they're in the elevator I said, let it go Betty, he's married now if you want to date Ben, then date him don't use it as an opportunity to tease Peter and then during the date, I said, Betty's very happy about this byline. Guess what it's about? A superhero getting murdered right in front of her as a child is kidnapped, who still hasn't been recovered at this point. I know this is a big step in her career, but can she not be so happy about the circumstances?
2: <laughs> and, then, and then
4: during the kissing scene, I put, Betty, the man is trying to kiss you. Will you shut up about Peter? If I was dating a girl, the last thing I'd want to hear about is her ex, who happens to be my cousin on her, our first date, especially during kissing time. By the end of the story, Peter gives his blessing and, ben, and Betty finally finds something to get upset about. Is it the fact that Hobie Brown is critically injured as a result of the events of the story and may never walk again? Is it the fact that people died? Is it the fact that the kid got kidnapped? Nope. It's because she didn't get the credit for it. Poor <laughs> Betty. Hobie Brown may never walk again and a man will never breathe again. But Betty got scooped. That's the real tragedy. Uh, so that's what, that's what I had to say about this uh, five years ago or however long it was when I did that article.
0: Which would have been yeah. current whenever if we had stuck to our original twice a month schedule. <laughs>
5: yeah, this yeah, it seems like gonna come out forever.
4: So it's it, it's just a weird issue, and like it's too crowded. Like I, I, I honestly, I, I, I hate to do it, but I gotta give it an S. And it's when I think about this issue, I think of it as like the Betty Brandt issue. But like, I look like she is barely in it. Like, it's right. just, like, she's, like, the lasting impression I have of this issue that, like, oh, it's the issue where, like, you know, like, Ben Riley and Betty Brant become a couple, but it's, it's just...
0: A you can literally, you can literally eliminate the entire Betty subplot and nothing because would Because it's lost. never
4: mentioned again. Betty never right. mentions, like, Ben Riley again, like, when she's, like, you know, We've... like, and, and Ben doesn't even mention her in Revelations, you know, right. like... Right uh, in those scenes where he's with Peter and stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean it's like it's like this was so ancillary, and it was so I, I don't know where they were going with this. I mean it, it, thematically, Neither it's kind of it, it's kind of funny that Ben sees Betty in the beginning of his of his time during the Clone Saga, it, it, and if the, you know he hangs out with Betty now here at the end as a you know in his civilian guys. But I don't know, man. It's the you're. I mean, I gave it a, a, a D minus. But
4: ugh. by the way, the the scene where Betty and Ben are like leaving the country club and they're like walking together, it's kind of like a splash page ish like thing. It looks like Betty's holding a steak knife because of the way her dress is laid out. <laughs> she's, but, she's... Look, look, look at that page. Doesn't it look like she's holding a steak knife?
0: Yeah, it does.
4: It does. <laughs> Yeah, she, she, she's Barbara Keane from Gotham
0: Oh dear Kermit, Kermit, or Barbara the Frog Alright so And <laughs> uh... homeless
4: homeless cop
0: <laughs> <laughs> But uh, Alright so we got An F from Josh An, an F from Don No, uh, no. D, D plus D plus uh, Gerard you gave it an F
6: Yes indeedy
0: and we got a f from greg I give it a d d okay so honestly think okay unlimited on this shell <laughs> <We have covered. laughs> think about this for a second we have covered i'm i'm, I'm pulling out my my clone saga epic book trade number 2 looking at the back right quick all right we co- okay we started with unlimited 8 and now we're at Unlimited 14. So 8, 9, 10. Uh, so there's been 7 issues. Of those 7 issues, I think we've liked... Or excuse me, 8, because i scroll on Spider Unlimited number 1. Of those 8 issues, we have liked probably one of them. Every other one has been terrible. Uh, I don't even know about that. We may
6: have liked one of them. I don't even know if that's unanimous. I think
0: we, 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 well, no, we, I think we liked the Black Cat one. was the only one we actually... I, I remember us distinctly saying, oh, God, what a... I think we all gave it like Bs. We're like, oh, it's so nice to give an Unlimited Issue something other than an F. Because, <laughs> like, okay, Epic Book number 2, the very first Unlimited Issue, you guys remember this, was that World Trade... Which is kind of sad to talk about. It's the World Trade Center issue where the, the terrorists, you know... Come in, and they get they take the the traits in hostage. But Peter and Ben never interact, but they keep saying the same things over and over. And Mary Jane <laughs> sits there, confronts that terrorist. Okay, that's the first. Okay, is that is that the first Rich Gannon appearance too? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so then, and so then we we jump over to epic book number. Oh God, Zach, is now not the time to go flipping no, through trades? We're, we're memorializing uh, Unlimited. All right, so we got. Uh yeah, Unlimited Nine. I think that's the Mark of Kane. That that Mark of Kane part five that wasn't Mark of Kane part really part of the rest of Mark of Kane. Oh Cain.
6: That, yeah, it's one where he fights like the vulture and all those guys, right? The Sinister Seven. Right, yes. right. Yes. And also and also I believe Rich Gannon dies now <laughs> Yeah, yes. Bring bring her close to the epic Rich Gannon saga that spanned <laughs> uh,
0: Mark of Kane when when C. Rich Trainer was wearing his, his Cyclops outfit. Oh,
4: uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. yeah will for that these books, at least no one went into virtual reality. Like, they weren't, like, virtual reality bees or, like, you know, like, <laughs> the great game was fought in, like, you know, VR world or something.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then we get to unli- <laughs> Unlimited 10. Remember, that was the exiled arc where the vulture randomly appears and uh, during that arc, and, and it was that one story where Uncle Ben, you know, Helped the but the fella out and had that really oh. crappy artwork. Oh yeah. god! Exile yeah, Part Four Four. So that's that's uh, that's Unlimited Number Eleven. Then we get Throw a Spider Unlimited on Number One. We've 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 mocked that merciless. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right. So then we get to I'm pulling out all my trees right now. All right. Then we get to Ben Riley Epic Book Number Three. Yeah, that was the that was the Black Cat issue that we actually liked. Alright, so that's the only one we actually liked. We get to Epic Book Number Four. Stop talking away from the mic, you fool. Sorry. <laughs> then we get to Epic Book Number Four. That was the uh, Grave Matters one. That's where the, the, the <laughs> they had the virtual reality floating head of Peter Parker Wizard of Oz style. Oh,
6: uh, God. Wow, Unlimited really was just a terrible book, wasn't it?
0: Yes! You were I... a terrible book, and I'll never forgive you. Okay. I mean, I,
6: mean, I, mean, I mean the first three issues weren't horrendous. I mean they had a doc ock origin retelling yeah, yeah. in the third issue.
0: Yeah. Uh the Thunderstrike thunderstrike issue wasn't bad. The the human torch uh team up issue wasn't bad. All had like the first you know uh up through I think uh I think the first three issues of, of Unlimited during this during the show was written, drawn by Ron Lim. Ron Lim was awesome. But then they had started having filling art. Okay, and then we get to uh, Unlimited 13. I remember this now. Uh, that was the Luke Cage Iron Fist Scorpion story. <laughs> I already forgot that one. We covered yes. it not even that long ago. We covered it this year, and it sucked. And I remember <laughs> we mocked it mercilessly. That was Joe Bennett artwork. Um, so literally, the only issue we liked, I, I'm not kidding, was that, was that Black Cat story. Every other one has been terrible. So, <laughs> Unlimited, we hardly knew ye. Um, there is one more unlimited, unlimited issue we might cover. I haven't decided yet.
6: Oh, no.
0: Um, what is it? It's the Gaunt appearance. I think it's number 17 or 19 uh, where uh, Robot Master makes his triumphant return. Yeah, but that, that's well after the clones. Like, it doesn't count.
6: a yeah. piss off.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we we might cover that on the show that we've talked we've talked about developing after this shut book. up shut up don't tease that yet <laughs> but uh yeah so that that's that's the end of unlimited guys we we we've, we've killed that thing off
6: uh <laughs> uh between the t- the, of the two books that we sort of ended tonight I'm going to say pretty pretty i think i speak for everybody in saying we'll remember uh sensational much more fondly than unlimited <laughs> yeah.
3: definitely uh, definitely yes. yes
6: maybe that's why they put ben Riley with betty branch he's like the spider-man universe bicycle and everybody has to get oh, at least
4: one ride God. <laughs> uh. Don- donovan asked me like earlier tonight like how many people has betty like been with after ned and I said, the thing is, like, you'd have to introduce a new character, otherwise she's just like dating within the same circle of friends. So, like, you know, she keeps on going back to Flash, but like, you know, yeah, there's been Ben Riley. There was that random guy from like the facade story, and uh, you know, and some other stuff.
6: Uh, Peter in the Wolfman era. Oh wait, that wasn't that was <laughs> that was during Ned though. That wasn't after. Right.
4: <laughs> that was during Ned.
2: <laughs> <laughs> there,
4: there, there was some overlap there, like yeah. If, if we ever somehow on this show for any inexplicable reason like cover the Wolfman run, I'll have you, you'll get a lot more Betty hate like I'm sure. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but although it, it, it would be fun to cover the Conway original clone saga stuff. She she she's in that. uh Yeah, I I, I don't remember her being that horrible than that, but I'm sure I'll cherry pick
0: like you know something that she did. Um. So, speaking of the original clone saga, I do have some plans for that later on. But, but yeah, this is actually... We got one more uh, 90s-centric clone saga. I kind of teased it earlier. Uh, 90s books left. I mean, the, the only thing we have left I- at this point is Amazing Spider-Man 417 and Agile Spider-Man 73 and 74, Daredevil uh, 354, and then what's left in the Clone Saga trades is 101 Ways to in the Clone Saga, Osborne Journal, and uh, Dead Man's Hand, the three one shots in there. Um, yeah, then re- Revelations, and of course Revelations, and which is a uh, sensational 11, spectacular 240, uh, spectacular 241s also in the uh, Clone Saga trades too, which is kind of an epilogue to Revelations. Um, but yeah, I mean we've wrapped up now. Spectacular, sensational, unlimited. So we just got amazing and and We're done. Did we ever and think then we, we could get? Did, and did then you we guys have the ever, rest of the, the
4: Christos Cage Scarlet Spider series? Then we have New Warriors, uh, the Christos Cage one.
0: We already, then we, we, already, have, we already did New Warriors. I, I I did them all at once.
4: Okay, and then we have um, the Peter David Scarlet Spider series.
0: Yes, that uh, Gerard's so excited to read. Josh, will you just shut the hell up and pretend, let's pretend
6: <laughs> those don't exist, and let's just finish this goddamn. Podcast
0: already. <laughs> uh, so, um, anyway, so we'll see you guys next time here on CSC. I don't know what ep- I don't know what we're gonna be covering just yet. We may have a fill episode now. And- I have a sneaking
6: suspicion it'll be Grim Hunt.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it'll be me and Gerard covering Grim Hunt, but uh, we're, we're
6: uh, it's it's gonna be one of those things where I just call you in the like the middle of the day. Hey man, you want to do Grim Hunt tonight? You'd be like, all right, whatever. Let's get rid of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's let's let's. let's- and the, again, we're, we're trying our hardest to be as complete as possible. I'm debating on Carrion. I'm not going to lie; it's been it's been something that I've kind of been wrestling with. Carrion is been sort de- of uh, sort of that ancillary type character. That yes, he's related to the Clone Saga, but it's like, eh, dude,
4: oh, dude, that, that first Karin story is really good. And like, and and it is Clone Saga. It's my it's a clone of Miles Warren.
0: Yeah, uh, you know, Dead Man's Hand was a good one shot. God, I want to strangle all of you. <laughs> like the only one that wants this show to the, end. The, is- the, 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 these are good books, Gerard. You,
4: you could take a coffee break during them if you want, but I mean, I think you'd enjoy them. I just
6: want to be done.
4: <laughs> For God's
0: sakes, he's he's just our he's our he's our resident Jr. the grouchy old man in the corner. I'm not even the oldest guy here. What are you talking I don't about? <laughs> oh, exactly. you're the oldest guy here. Uh who's the oldest guy here?
6: I think it's yeah. I think I'm the second oldest guy here, though. I'm
3: 31. Yeah, I'm older. 35, than you. 35 going on 36 in a couple months.
6: Yep, 33 in September for me. So I'm, yeah, I'm the second oldest. Then Josh, and then Zach, and then Don. If I yeah. remember I think it is, it, are
4: Zach and Don still in their 20s? Uh, yep.
0: I am 29.
6: I'm 28. Yeah, I thought Don was. Despite being the second youngest guy, Zach, is also the baldest (laughs) You can eat my dick. Uh, I'm sorry, I had to, Zach. All
4: right, it's called divorce and fatherhood.
0: (laughs) um, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. happens. You know,
6: you know what happened? you know know what it was? It was like in on the Simpsons. You know where they where they had that one episode that showed where Homer Homer ripping out his hair and running upstairs, like repeated like three (laughs) times. By the time he was done, he was bald.
4: For some reason, in the same house each time, which like always bothered me as a continuity error, and like when he discovers that they're pregnant with Bart, he runs past a picture of
5: Bart like on the stairs already. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's one of the one of the most blatant earliest continuity errors they ever did, but it was obviously <laughs> oh, there again. is no continuity in the Simpsons. Uh,
0: uh, way to get Marge uh, pregnant. Anyway, over. let me oh, let me wrap up this really show. <laughs> <clears throat> let me let me get wrap up this show right quick. All right, so of course. If you want to be a part of the program, you can do like we did earlier. You can leave us a, voice, a voicemail. Just leave it under three minutes or leave us additional voicemails so you can complete your thought. And make sure you tell us where you're, where you're from and what your name is when you leave us a voicemail. And, of course, what show you're doing it 818-925-6631. That's 818-9. The word Clone 1. You can follow us on Twitter at s Podcast. Follow us on Facebook at Spidey Dude Radio Network. You can... Uh, leave us an email clone at gmail Obviously you can go to the front page of spidey-dude.com. leave us comments there. And but <laughs> of course, if uh, so leave us leave us some feedback, we will play it or read it on Twitter. And
4: we have a website on America Online, keyword Spidey Dude. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We weren't quite that old, but we've been around. since We will, uh, I, I will tease this. I will tease this. No. And if
4: you're on Snapchat, then cash us outside. How about that?
0: Okay. <laughs> I will tease this. Uh, we are, I am working on getting a Patreon set up. So if you want to I thought you were going to say
4: Snapchat, and I was like, what, why? <laughs> yeah,
0: there's no reason for a Snapchat. But anyway, we'll see you next time on behalf of everybody here on the Spider-Dude Radio Network. We appreciate you listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Okay, that wraps up our 65th episode we'll see you next time when we do cover Grim Hunt as was, was speculated on the end of this episode so there we go we'll see you next time here on CSE